program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> I'm giving you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance to get Thank you for waiting. The uh, president has asked me to come out and make a brief statement about the wire that just went out a couple minutes ago. To make things short, I will just confirm that yes, we do have a moon base, and yes, we are currently experiencing some bear problems. Now I will open it up if there are any questions. Mr. President, uh, yes. I have a 10, no, 11 part question. I'm sorry, I only have time for two. All right, let me get this straight. So the United States government is admitting that we do have a moon base and that there is a bear problem on said moon base. Yes, that is correct. All right, follow up question. Are you fucking with us? Yeah, that's a really good question. No, we are not. And I would like to remind everyone to keep the language civilized. This is the White House. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Secretary, Bob Daniels, Newsweek. Mr. Daniels. Um, how long have we had the moon base? And are these bears Earth bears or are they from the moon? I'm sorry, I'm not at liberty to disclose how long we have had this moon base at this time. Uh, we do believe these to be Earth bears. We have no reason to believe these to be lunar bears or even Saturn bears. Todd Albright, PBS. Um there's Saturn bears? Uh, I am also not at liberty to go into the various types of woodland life forms on Saturn or any of the other 12 planets. Nine planets. Right. Uh, I've said too much already. Uh, what I can show you is the images that have been beamed down to us from the Odyssey satellite system just a couple hours ago. This is the view out of the front door of the United States secret moon base. This was taken yesterday before we discovered the bear problem. And this one was taken just a couple hours ago. So, as you can see, bears everywhere. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, yeah, those bears appear to have guns and motorcycles. We believe they may be involved in some sort of intergalactic drug cartel, perhaps affiliated with one of the uh, interstellar wizard alliances. Wizard alliances? Yes, next question. Just a thought, more of a shot in the dark, but... Uh... We wouldn't happen to be invading Iran today, would we? You got me. Uh, you got me. Uh, I fell for it. I fell for it. You, you almost me. got away with that one. Uh, no, I, I went too far. I, I, I almost had it. I should have stopped oh. after the slides. I knew yeah, I should have stopped there. I didn't think anything about it until the cartel thing, and I was like, what? <laughs> 
Okay, all right, let's forget this whole thing. Who wants a drink? First round's on me. Come on. Free of eternal sin. I tested negative with my COVID test. This is Booberry Mothman, the Miniocalypse, and it's episode 60 of Behind the Schemes. Mmm, thrifty, nixty, sixty, baby, and coming here from the bereft coast where smoke is in the sky and so is hope. My name is Lavish. What's good? It's been forever. It's been so long. I've, yeah, it's been so long. This is the longest me and Boobs uh, have gone without talking for, uh, for a while now. A couple months, probably coming up on half a year now with Behind the Schemes, I would say. It's probably going to get to that marker pretty soon. Hashtag but, never again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you ever, ever go away. Don't you leave me. Don't you forget about me. Oh. Um, yeah, so how was Green Day? Uh, Green Day was pretty good. Uh, I had a I had an enjoyable time for the most part. Um, I called into Hog Story and left my main complaint there that they don't. Yes, I heard. They don't let you leave the venue anymore to step outside to smoke a cigarette uh, because you have to buy yeah. a new ticket to come in back inside. So thanks, Live Nation. Um, and they didn't have a designated smoking area inside somewhere. Uh, you or, know, or off to the side. I, I kept walking by these portajons. They smelled like smoke. I was like, who in the fuck in their right minds would do that? So was this a totally was this indoor or outdoor? It was a baseball stadium, outdoor. So it was outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, obviously, you can't burn heaters in the middle of a crowd. People will notice, but at the same time, they should designate something somewhere that's open air. Well, just because they could doesn't mean that they will. <laughs> I guess fucking not. Jesus Christ. Uh, who played? It was Weezer. So I saw another No Agenda producer. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot my ITM sign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, River Rivers Cuomo uh, looks perpetually unimpressed. Uh, very okay. weird band. I, I gotta say, watching them live, um, I guess it never really struck me that Weezer partied so hard, but they look they look like they got some road years on them. Oh, dude, Weezer's been partying for a long time now. They've been this shit for, like, fucking 20 years. Uh, who else do we have? The Interrupters, they actually opened. That was pretty good. Uh, That'd I, be cool. I like the Interrupters. Um, whoever was running the mic for the singer, her name escapes me, um, very shrilly inside the amphitheater. So it was, uh, I mean, that's just kind of a minor nitpicky thing, but uh, good band. Turn good those highs down. <laughs> for the shrill singers turn those eyes down there was a storyline to fallout boy um and pete wentz actually entered or uh yeah he entered the stage with Nikki six's flamethrowing guitar rig or excuse mm. me flamethrowing bass rig the thing that would shoot a six foot jet stream of fire yes i saw a picture of this yes uh, but they had a whole projection video show with a, a set and a storyline, I guess. <laughs> so they did like a little concept performance, a little performance. Yeah, art. but I, I don't. Yeah, they actually had I the mean, dude had the dude from um, Office Space, the lead. He was the narrator, 
sort of Rod Sterling uh, from character. Office space. Oh, oh, uh, the main guy? The main main guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. God damn it, I should know his name. He's he's really famous. He's been in a lot of stuff. Um, but then Office Space, just is, for all those guys, it's a curse. Like for my man Steven Root, who is the stapler guy. He's one of the greatest actors of our time, but no one will ever know him as anything really except for <laughs> the stapler guy. Well, I mean, he was in uh, Waterboy and... Um, he was in all kinds of shit. Oh, he, yeah. he was incredible in um, Boardwalk Empire. He had a wonderful role. Oh, i never seen it. He's been in a lot of Coen Brothers films lately. He was in uh, Buster Scruggs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's great. Steven Root. Always got to give Steven Root some love. But anyway, uh, Fall Out Boy has always kind of been really popular, really on the forefront of everyone's mind, I think. Like, musically, they were at one point. Well, and then they uh, had that whole Uma Thurman and uh, I forget the other single off that album from a couple years ago. This we're not talking about Fall Out Boy anymore. No, this is Fall Out Boy. They got that Uma Thurman song. It's oh. the um, with with the Munsters theme in the middle of it. Oh, I I don't know. I don't. I I, I respect them, but I don't actually listen to them. <laughs> the uh, not even when they were popular. Yeah, I I was there for that song, and the I, I couldn't even tell you the name of the album, but the song is "Thanks for the Memories." Uh, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. That's that was the big one. Yeah. That's the one that had their mega hit on it. Going down, down in an early round. Right? Uh, Isn't that one? Yep. They also had yeah. flame jets. They, it looked like the same sort of rigs that we had for Disney on Ice back in uh, the first tour that I did. There was just a little box that had three different jets shoot out three different directions. So two forty five degrees and one going straight up. Cool. They were lining the stage everywhere. That was the only band where I caught a track skipping. There was a little glitch, like a half half beat, half of a half beat, just pause. Just just kind of a something, yeah. a little hiccup. Yep. A little, uh, a glitch. It's just a glitch, man. But that was for Fall Out Boy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're doing all this shit. Uh, oh, Flamin' Piano. That was, uh, that was part of their set. Pete Wentz played the Flamin' Piano. Cool. And then uh, Green Day, uh, they are no longer a punk band, but arena rock. Yes, that is that's true. That is cemented in my mind. They've went from three members to six members on stage now, mm-hmm. which I get. I mean, you want the band to sound full, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, don't hide your other two dudes. Like, fucking bring them out. Make them part of the, part of the spectacle. Because the one guy, he ended up spending... Most of the show, sort of upstage, right, hanging out behind some stacks, playing. You can barely see him standing over. Yeah, you know, some musicians they don't. Some guys are just session guys or or um, tour guys, and they're kind of just like roadies in in musical form, you know. Yeah. And they don't really want to be famous or or ha- or have it in them even to. They're just musicians. Most musicians are huge nerds, great musicians. Um are massive nerds. And it's very rare when you get that balance of somebody who's a total music nerd, but then also has stage presence and charisma and, um, and it's good looking and, and entertain, you know, I mean, you got to have all those things in order to be a, what it, it, you need to be, to be a rock star, a, a great rock star. And 
it's hard to find that. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, most most of the songs came from American Idiot. Uh, American Idiot's mm-hmm. got sort of a different tinge to it these days. I can't decide yeah, sure. if it's still Bad. relevant or even more still relevant. <laughs> as long as it's not folding liberal, as long as, you know, it, it doesn't. Green Day is a cool band like that. It's up to interpretation. The only... Okay, so there was a couple comments about like oh we could finally be out together and we can dance together and we can sing together and we can hug each other and we can kiss each other and billy joe was going on this like we can do death, this so we death can do that to unvexed and, we... <laughs> and that's it talk about that um, and death to the unvexed yeah and then he and then he yelled at the audience to put their phones away because they had been inside for the past year staring at him and i was like all right all right all right the only Mention of vaccinations is Green Day does this gag where they bring someone on stage to play with them. I had seen uh, at least one. There's probably a couple more signs that said, "I'm <clears throat> sorry, folks. I do have to apologize. I've been sick for the past weekend, so I'm kind of just now coughing everything up and getting over it." But uh, they had a sign that said, "I'm vaccinated and I know how to play guitar." Hmm. And Billy Joe was uh, there, you know, he's like picking through the crowd trying to figure out who, who he's going to bring on. And he's like, yeah, we're, you know, you really got to promise, you know, how to play the guitar uh, and uh, preferably vaccinated. And I was like, what's the matter anyways? You're going to catch it from anybody. So, Is he going to actually hand him his guitar? They had a guitar on stage prepped. Oh, well, then who gives a shit? Let the guy play the guitar and then burn the guitar. You can afford oh, it. He came up on stage and then put his mask on. Um, okay. And then Billy yeah. Joe tried to... Actually, I should take that back. He didn't try. He got the guy to do a running stage dive with no catching on the other end. He, yeah. He went... They went he went hard. So yeah. Billy, so Billy Joel uh, basically killed this man, murdered this man in cold blood in front of everybody. <laughs> He was like, do it. Go ahead. They'll catch you. Do it. You won't, bitch. You won't. You won't. Yeah. Nah. Nobody's going to catch him. Are you kidding me? What, yeah. is, <laughs> what does this man think the climate is right now? Everybody's been stuck in their homes for two fucking full years, afraid of germs. You think that people are doing stage dives right now? Uh, Shit's over, dude. Well, there, there, was a, there was a stage hand that ran over, and all he said was, Live from your grave. <laughs> Or perhaps, welcome to your doom. That's what he said to himself as he jumped into the crowd. Yeah. I, I will, you will never see me do any sort of stage dive. Don't do a stage dive unless you know a hundred fucking percent that they are going to catch you. Yeah. This is the only time you are able to do a stage dive. Uh, um, but before you yeah. move on, I just got to say, I, I know another band that started off as a punk band and then evolved into a mega rock arena rock band. And that would be you as well. Also known as the band U2. All right. That uh, does it for this episode of behind the schemes. <laughs> you can catch us at loveislit.com. That's uh, right. It's not working, but you can try it anyway. You can find know. us at badradio.live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it, it, it I we'll figure it out. Fucking, I am. I am no fan of U2. No, I hate the board. I don't like you two either. I, I mean, I love you too. I love you too, but I don't like the band you two because yeah, 
they're lame. <laughs> yeah. But when when you described Green Green Day, I, I unfortunately Yeah, I mean they are think it. they are sort of like the top quote unquote top dogs of stadium touring with the claw and zoo, whatever that stupid shit was. Oh, they're the McDonald's no, not the McDonald's, but they're the they're as big as it gets. It doesn't get any bigger than a U2 concert, just as far as production is concerned. Just the sheer amount of money and manpower that goes into it. The uh, Getting back to the Green Day concert, they did do a cover of Rock and Roll All Night, which I thought was pretty cool. That's uh, cool. Billy Joe's uh, wife is from the area of Minneapolis, if I'm not mistaken. So there was tons and tons and tons of Minneapolis. Nice, nice. And it just, and it was, it was. I don't, I won't say that it was full, fully sold out, but it was. It was happening pretty, pretty packed, and uh, so tons of call and response. I, you know, it's not really my thing. I get why people are like, "Oh my god, he said the name of the town that we're in." Were you, what stadium were you at? Were you at where the Twins play? The Target Center. Uh, I can find it for you. I, I actually don't remember. I just usually like show up there to do a call. I've worked the Eagles out of there one time. Hmm. Or Target Field. Target Field. Target Field. Yeah. So we're the... Sorry, people. Just doing a quick sports check here. Yep. Yep. That's where the Twins play. The Twins being uh, Minnesota's Major League Baseball team. Yeah. And a fine franchise it is. Okay. So my last... Sort of gripe. It's not even really a gripe, but as far as like the imagery associated, they did that St. Jimmy song from American Idiot. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> Billy Joe posed because he had taken the guitar off because he originated that role in the Broadway version of American Idiot. Mm-hmm. Hangs himself like a crucifix. And then has his head down, and it's a beat, and a beat, and a beat. It goes on for another measure, two measures, three measures. I'm like, bro, we get it. You're Jesus. Next song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the, the American Idiot musical. Did you ever see that? No, but I had a friend that took it to South Korea. Oh. I had a friend who uh, did it off off here in San Francisco. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, I, I think. Well, Green Day, I think, is from my neck of the woods. Oakland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're from the East Bay, so they uh, they've they've been around. I've met people in my life who've like known Billy Joe and shit, or grew up with him, or whatever, which is cool, but. I've never met them, and I've never seen them. Uh, shit. There was, okay, that was it for, it was a good time. I had a good time. First time seeing Green Day, um, and it wasn't. Well, thanks for the concert update. We needed a concert update. <laughs> we needed to know what the live music scene is like, especially from you, who gets it on both ends. You get to, well, <laughs> you get to Hey-o. see from, the, from behind the schemes, and then this time you actually were in the audience just I was enjoying paying, the show. I was paying for the schemes. Yeah, you were a punter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I do have one other quick music thing. Today is the birthday of the one and only human slave, 
of our Lord and Destroyer, our immortal corruptor, Odorous Urungus. It's Dave Brocky's birthday today. And he would have been, I don't know, he, he would have been in his 60s. I'm not good enough to do that math off the top of my head. I just wanted to shout that one out. He's the Mothman. He's not the math man. Yes. And I had a vest stolen from the last loadout that I did, <laughs> which was a Ween concert. And that was a couple of days so before the, that. So the vest was never Never recovered. recovered so. Man, RIP, brother. Sorry about that. It wasn't one that I had put a ton of patches on. It just had a couple of... I had a pin for my sister and uh, one of the cat's 400 shows pins. Um, and then I met Abel Kirby. Mm-hmm. It's been a you busy couple Abel of Kirby. weeks. Holy fuck. Abel Kirby of the Rare Encounter podcast, which he hosts with Cold Acid. Yeah, yeah. I convinced him to come up because he was over in Sioux Falls hanging out and visiting. Um, mm-hmm. So he came over, and uh, I met him over by the Mall of America. We hung out and had a couple of beers, and then I popped on for a pre-stream um, hog story. Yeah, he got on to do hog story, and you're hanging out with him with his gear. And mm-hmm. you were like, yeah. So, you know, he was uh, doing shots in the background while Abel Kirby was on. I was I was so confused. <laughs> you, you, you didn't tell me that you were seeing him. And so when I was listening to Hawkstar, I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You, you're literally hanging out with him. And then I started texting you. Are, are you in New Jersey? And then you told me the whole story. I was like, oh, cool. Um, yeah, always nice to see real people in real life. So now you can dox each other. Mm-hmm. That's always nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had a good time. Uh, he's he's a cool dude. I, I honestly, I kind of wish we uh, had had a little more time. I, in hindsight, I might have would have stayed for a little longer, because um, that's I, I just had such a, a unique position. I, also, I didn't want to step on the show for sure, but oh, of course, stuff like that doesn't happen all the time. No, no, we. It's really cool when you get to see people in yeah. real life. I've never gotten to meet anybody in real life from the troll room or from the green room or from the smoker or anywhere. I've I've never met another troll. <laughs> there there are like no trolls in the Bay Area or really in California. Most of them are in L.A. I will say though, you did get to hand JCD a bottle of wine. Well, I get to see JCD, so <laughs> so that's my consolation. But that's kind of part of the reason why I listened to No Agenda in the first place was because Dvorak was a local guy. Oh, and, nice. and that was part, that was honestly kind of a part of why I started. This is like, oh, cool, you know, Berkeley guy, and uh, and then Adam Curry, and then you know, I I, I love the whole production dude. That's how I got into it. But the fact that Dvorak's local, I was like, cool, I can actually go hang out with this dude, and I can send him shit, and it's not a big deal. Um, but shit, half the trolls in the troll room are Canadian, and that's that's a huge thing. You know, there, there's so much trouble at the border that there's just almost no interaction going on there at all. No physical interaction, unless you have family or you know you're you're married to somebody who's Canadian. You're you're not getting into Canada unless you got a good reason or you're paying good money. So, what you're suggesting is we need to start marrying the Canadians. That's correct. We need, uh, I don't know how this works, if we can send our guys, or, or maybe we can meet at the fence and maybe do like a lineup type thing. I don't know. That's Canadians. fine. I don't give a shit as long as I get called. 
<laughs> hey, if you show up at the border, there's a good chance. <laughs> and and if you really want to get felt up, well, then just try to go through border, uh, just go through a checkpoint. Yeah. And I guarantee a very lovely border officer will uh, <laughs> will come and put her hands all over you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's one of those things. I mean, if you got a connection, yeah, but if you don't, shit. I've tried to cross the Canadian border, and they're like, "Why do you want to come?" And I'm like, "Cause I want to visit." And they're like, "Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Do you know anyone here?" No. Psh, then get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Would it be better if they, if you did know? Uh, I don't know. I it would maybe just say, hey, you know. As opposed to like, oh, I'm going to meet up with a friend. Psh, whatever. Cumulatively, I've had more hassle from the TSA than I have with border agents. Um, but I've also had border agents search a bus before. And then someone in our crew had a matching name and birthday with a dude that had an outstanding warrant on him. Ah, what a lucky day. And that was the day that we were... Uh, desperately fleeing across the border to get back into the States before COVID-19 shut everything down. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Whoops. Oops. Yeah, well, that's what happens. You go over the border, shit happens, man. Shit fucking happens. Uh, Going through customs at an airport, a little different than going through an actual ground border checkpoint. Um. Especially with a country that's... I mean, we're talking about North America here. You go to Europe and it's not a big deal. But... Oh, and you go to Mexico and it's pretty much not a big deal either. No. I didn't... uh, I don't really remember anything too outstanding about Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to go to Mexico again. I gotta say. I'd like to go, like, deep Mexico. Brush up on my Spanish and get, like, semi-fluent. And then, like, just spend a spend a week out there somewhere quiet away from all the border and, and drug stuff. Mm. Get a little bit, really sweet, a little bit into the nature. Yeah. And just like Mexico's a dream, dude. I used to go down to Baja as a kid and they would just like roll. It's not deep Mexico, but the, the, the ass end of Baja, California, Mexico. And, um, uh, what's it called? Cabo. I think is not Cabo. Uh, fuck. What is it called down there? I got to look this up now. Now I got the bug here. You want to start doing the, the bottom. Start doing a no agenda Mexico. Meetup. Yeah, it's Cabo. Yeah. See, I, I'm getting my shit mixed up, but yeah. It's, yeah. Let's have a fucking no agenda meetup in Cabo, baby. You go down there and now, nowadays it's like completely blown out and really ritzy. It wasn't like that when I was a kid. And you go down there, and they're fucking rolling tortillas in the street. And you just go up, and you buy your tortilla and your, your quesadilla or whatever for, like, a quarter. And you go down to the beach, and you can just do whatever you want. It's cheap. It's just so cheap. Everything's so cheap. Mm-hmm. Especially compared to where I live. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was in Monterey, which is one of the more... Uh, I don't think it's a super industrial city. There's a big casino there. Monterey, no. California, or no. Monterey, uh, Mexico, uh, Mexico. Month there... day. Actually, yeah, I can't remember a... if it's a casino town or not. Capital of northwestern state of Nuevo León, sprawling, sprawling business and industrial center. Oh, it's industrial, not casino. I had it backwards. 
it's one of the biggest cities uh, in the original Monterey. That's super nice. Uh, have you seen that huge fluorite boulder that I have? That's heavy enough that I can't pick it up with one hand reliably. Um, I don't think. No, I don't know. I don't think this has come up. I'll get you a picture of it uh, after the show. But I was walking one of the. They just you know street fair whole mm-hmm. weekend. Every every direction that you looked in this uh, in the barrio. There was just tables. That's where I found that uh, I have that Freemason lead plaque. Not a plaque. <laughs> it's like a medallion. I have this lead medallion that's a Freemasonry symbol. Mm-hmm. I got, you got that down there, too? Yeah. Uh, Raptor Jesus, our Lord, oh, and, well. Lord and Devourer. Yes, yes. Same, yes. same fucking place. Clever girl be praised. And then this f- huge fucking piece of fluorite, which is one of my favorite stones... That I can't pick up with just one hand. I was like, mm. "How much do you want for this?" And they're and they, you know, told me to give them a price. And I checked my wallet and I had twenty five bucks. I was like twenty five bucks, and they were excited about it. And I was like, "Holy fuck!" And that was not the only stone that they had there. I just I I would not have been able to fit any more than one, maybe two boulders <laughs> into my work box and then ship it across the border. Mm. Moving stones, breaking bones. Oh yeah, good time. I'd go back. I'd go back. Oh, man, it would be so much fun. I I do know somebody who lives there now, who um, who I could go visit, and they've got a pretty sweet little pad. I, can, uh, I think it's in Sonora. I can take you to the fucking the sort of punky club. Oh, it was such a trip. I mean, there was. Six stages, I think, inside of this one bar, but no room was the same, even though most of the building was constructed from stone. Nice. And there was a hair metal band. There was like a three-piece punk band. There was a more contemporary band. I just all sorts of music throughout the entire Mm. night. It was Mm. very trippy. This is all in Monterey. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a that's an old city. That's a cool old city. Yeah, this is in uh, one yeah. of the older parts. Yeah. I bet you that stone building is goes way back. Yeah. Yeah, we got Monterey, Mexico, and then Monterey, California, which isn't too far from where I'm at. It's 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 not close, but Monterey, California is the first major city that the Spanish established on the west coast of the United States. So Monterey, very important name i guess to the spanish well should we uh <laughs> uh oh and then you had the sh- the solo show last week yes L- living your best nick the rat life but it was all it, lavash it was indeed i did some stuff live like the that reading i did live and then some stuff i did pre-recorded because i got some new effects gear and I wanted to just kind of try something new and and just yeah because that's what that's all we've ever done here really on behind the schemes I think we're always trying to keep it fresh and we're always trying to evolve the show and I would love to be able to like play clips and stuff like that and alter my voice I would be doing that right now <laughs> our, our technical difficulties had not uh 
had not um, detoured my plans, but yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah, it was fun. I had a great time. I hope everybody else did too. And I, I'm glad that you got the night off and you got to spend it with your keeper. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh, in in hindsight, I, I don't think I could take another two weeks off. <laughs> I have to do like a Friday show or something, just hang out, just to get that itch in. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Oh man, that one week you really missed it, huh? <laughs> Not yeah, a joke, man. man. Not a joke. Not a joke. Not a joke. Hey, I've done this. I've missed a couple episodes now, and it's the same thing. It's it was fun. Um, yeah. Well, you're back. We can we can double up. We'll do a Tuesday show. I know how much you love doing a Monday Tuesday oh, double header. Yeah. Uh, I will say I checked with our uh, podcast host. Um, because Rare Encounter had mentioned that our show was coming in at like four hundred and some minutes. Um, which is just astronomically high. And sorry, what was that? I, I was. I'm sorry. What, what were we saying? A rare encounter had said that uh, that your episode had come in at like 460 some odd minutes. Oh um, uh, yeah, they. I don't know where they got that recording. I don't uh, know because I I had went and checked the original that you had sent me and compared it to the one that because I had like trimmed out one or two. Um, uh, it was like keyboard clicks or mouse clicks or something. It was just because I happened to catch them. It was within seconds, right? And uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the what the file they had. I have I have both files. There's the show file, which solves one hour forty five, and then I have the the entire recording, which includes the pre and post stream, and that com- comes in at over seven hours, right? So, which is so. definitely not what I posted. Yeah, and I I was not going to post it anyway. But anybody who asks for it, I give it to them. I have I have a drive, and I can send it to whoever wants it. Um, I can't publish a lot a lot of the post show stuff because it's all copyrighted music, and because who the hell wants to actually re listen to a seven hour thing anyway? But um, I mean, really, honestly, like I wouldn't even do it. And and uh, but I don't know. I guess I guess maybe Abel uh, had his own recording. And that's what I think happened. Is it maybe he had his own recording well, and then it? No, because Cole sent a picture of his um, his player, and it said the the timestamp on it was four hundred minutes. Well, I don't know where they got their file. I mean, I didn't give it to him. Uh, but then I went and checked the website. I, mean, I will. I can if they want it, but I I don't know where they got it. But even the website was still displaying a different time than what the actual recording was, which was. It, for a bit, but it, I think it corrected itself. Right, because I um I ended up talking with the the host. That's where the conversation came around to. I the guy that runs the hosting um I ended up messaging him and we tried to work something out. I was talking with Darren too in the chats, trying to trying to sort out. this thing out, trying to figure out what what went wrong. Yeah. Do they know? Uh, it was a uh, it was. For whatever reason, the file was, uh, I'm going to fuck it up because it's been a couple of days now, but the recording bit rate was variable instead of set to constant because I guess different players handle different MP3 files differently, uh-huh. but okay. I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I've never messed with it before, uh, so I'm yeah. not really sure. See, I knew that, I mean, there were a lot of kind of technical hiccups with last week because I was really playing with a lot of new toys. Like I was, 
hosting and I was trying to do a new board and I was trying all the shit. And what I found out later was that all of the, uh, <laughs> the IRC notifications bled through and I didn't even fucking realize that like, cause I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not familiar with the, I, the concept yet that like everything in my browser comes through. So I got to fucking, you know, I have to get used to that, but then I don't even want that to be the case. I need to fine tune that. So I knew for a fact that it wasn't going to like just go with off without a, a, a hiccup or a hitch. I knew that there were going to be problems, but this recording thing is is weird. And to be fair, I did it off the stupid uh, butt, whatever the stupid broadcasting thing. So I did it with like a shitty recorder that probably had all kinds of variables to deal with. But you know, I'm just glad it exists. My fucking recording works. I mean, I've got it. And uh, I listened to it, and I've, it, it works for me. So <laughs> all the all that stuff. I mean, if, if anybody at any point wants anything, you know, that, that you listen to on the pre or post stream, let us know because we have all that stuff. We just can't publish it and because nobody would listen to it anyway if we posted every seven-hour show that we did. <laughs> you know? The, even the lady that was on, uh, uh, Casey, was on R- uh, Rare Encounter. She said that herself. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I love a podcast, but I'm not going to listen to one for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It's like, well, you must not be from around here then. Well, you must not listen to those conspiracy guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You must not. Uh, <laughs> you're missing out on maybe the best podcast that's out there, Abs in a Six Pack, starring Sir Seat Sitter. Well, I think that one was brought up. Uh, that was brought up. Yeah, Cold brought that up, I think. But those conspiracy guys will regularly do eight-hour episodes. Yeah. But they go, it's like step-by-step step of the story. Um, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> I just get high and play music. It's it's not even a podcast at that point. It's really just late-night radio. That's that's you know that's kind of what I go for for the post the late-night stream. This is true. And that's easy listening. Uh, there's some other easy listening that the people are always going for. You know what that one is, right? Oh, is it behind the schemes? It, <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know. If, 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 if it was wrong, then you would have chastised me. So I, I just would have said the Knight of Wands, which is oh our tarot God. card for tonight. The Knight of Wands. This is the card that Quirkess... Uh, drew uh, the other night. We were we were drawing uh, and Quirkus drew the Knight of Wands. So excellent. And uh, great I, card. I went with a new deck. Uh, I pulled out the Line Strider's Journey, um, which is more of like a. It's kind of got more of like a mythical sort of. Uh, I don't want to say fairy tale sort of vibe to it because it's all pen and watercolor illustrations that are just cool. there's some really gorgeous stuff colors. in here i highly recommend uh folks check out the, the this deck the line striders um i just i really like the i i, I like the artwork so uh the nine of wands comes from this one and i'm going to actually read a little bit from this book included with it and the mm. key words to keep in mind, action, excitement, acceleration, movement, lust, travel, generosity, adventure, horse, communica- <laughs> horse communication, uh, sorry, communication, new ideas. And what What's I that, meant- horse? What's what- that? Jimmy's stuck in a well. <laughs> what I meant to say was horse dewormer, naturally, 
Duh. Uh, the ivermectin of wands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strong button, fuck it. <laughs> that was, yeah, I like the scream. Oh my god! Hang on to your hat. When the Knight of Wands shows up, things are gonna happen. This knight is the most dynamic of the horsemen. Generally pictured with his hooves not touching the ground, he is the poster boy for quick, youthful, hasty enthusiasm. Uh, the artist uses a feather pattern on the horse and a general bird motif on the whole card to express the relationship that this horseman has with flight and the element of air. And the Knight of Wands is a great guy to be or have on your team when a project needs enthusiasm and speed and action out of the gate. Be careful when this card shows up, though. For all of his charm and energy, this character also brings impulsiveness and a disregard for the rules that can mm-hmm. get you in trouble down the line. Yep, 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 yep. There you go. Oh, do, did you see that we got canceled for five seconds because we were we were being conspiracy theorists about ivermectin? Oh, really? Did uh, uh, the stream drop for for a little second? But Pfizer came came over there like fuck you, started spanking us while the stream gave was us down. A booster shot. They're like, hey, yeah. <laughs> see ya, good night. Um, yeah, yeah. It, you're just as you said, the night of ones. Fantastical, courageous, energetic, charming, uh, uh, dashing, but also hot-tempered, rebellious, uh, hates authority, which is strange for a knight. But but if in this particular instance, this is the rebellious knight. This is the one who has who actually has access to the king or queen and, and rejects them to their face. With a, no fucking way. With the word impetuant. Fit here, impetuant, compulsive is is one you said. Okay. Um, hot, yeah, exactly. Uh, just reactionary, uh, to to a fault. There's no logic. It's 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 just hot blooded temper. But uh, it's also it's also action and it's also charm as well. And it's also it's like boyish charm. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very nice card. Uh, I'm gonna sort of shake it up here a little bit because I wasn't planning on it, but I actually drew this card reversed and we haven't actually, um, we haven't, uh, really read anything about reverse cards. So in this reversed aspect, the Knight of wands may indicate things are not moving as quickly as you would like. You may be facing delays, restlessness, impatience, or a lack of foresight. Do you really want to move forward with something in your life? But have found unexpected challenges. Sometimes moving full speed ahead is not indicated. Try to understand what is holding you holding you back and figure out how to make it work to your advantage. Uh, and this card can also speak of physical setbacks. Has someone sidelined you or impaired your ability to live life the way you would like? Maybe an injury has you sidelined. Look to other mm-hmm. cards in the reading to help you figure out ways to do. I like it. It reminds me of Patton. Uh, General General Patton, World War Two. He was. They brought him in. He was the dog. They sent him into North Africa as, as the mobile tank guy, and he just fucking. He had all the positive aspects of the Knight of Wands. He also had all the negative aspects that you just talked about. He was arrogant. He was uh, he was impatient with his men. He was hard sometimes on them, and and 
and he got in trouble for like hitting a couple of guys who were shell shocked, and he got in trouble a couple of times for like being very rough with with his men, and they sidelined his ass, and they uh, they they took him out of some of the some of the most important stages of the war because of because of his personal behavior, but it bled in from from all of the other aspects that made him great in the first place, what made him a great military leader. Well, I do. Uh, I do have a clip that's sort of fortuitous that you brought up. Um, I almost said my guy's name. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck it up. Uh, Your guy? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I you know I don't want to blow my load early. Oh, don't yeah. do that. You've got a two week load you've been saving up. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, I've I've been kind of chewing on this one. Maybe not two weeks exactly. Um. But should we, uh, do you have some stuff for tonight as well? I, uh, I don't have much tonight. Um, honestly, I've, I've got some things to, to bring up, but I don't have any clips or anything. I gotcha. Um, do you, uh, instead of rolling, we could just roll a four sided die for fun. Um, yeah. If, uh, cause you know, we're kind of coming up close to an hour <laughs> by the time we got up. <laughs> Well, yeah, I know we're we're already uh, we're already halfway through the show. Well, we had kind of a no. You went the we, we had the concert. We had the we had the concert report. We had the concert report. No, there's nothing wrong. This is all content for the show. You know, we don't have to go straight to the to the goods every time. It was bad like, radio. We got. We had to catch up. <laughs> I haven't talked to you. Where have you been, Booberry? You you haven't been calling me. You don't call no more. You don't write no more. You don't text. You don't send fucking smoke flares. What the fuck are you thinking? What the Wait, fuck am I to you? Could send me a fucking email. Could send me a fucking email sometime, huh? You fucking hit me up in the chats. Like none of it. None of it. You got none of it for me. You know I'm down there at the lodge. You can go down there. You can go down there to the lodge. You can go ahead and take a spaceship over to Planet Fuckface. <laughs> you must be Captain of the SS. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, fucking at ease, Admiral. Fucking asshole. Sorry, this is fun. Uh, apologies to anybody who may be thinking about breaking my fucking legs right now. Breaking this guy's fucking legs. Who's this guy? Um, well, shit. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll this four-sided die now. Okay. And I will, should I do it too? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And, uh, unless you got a one, you spanked me. I got a two. Oh. So who push? What happens with a push? Do we re-roll? Go to sudden death? No, I just, I just wanted to roll in the die so he didn't, uh. Because if you don't mind going first, I can, uh, I do, I don't have a ton of clips, but I have clips that are very story driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to do them all sort you, of you, in you a row. You can just roll with your, what you got, man. That's cool. I'll just, let's tag along with what you got. See what we got. Well, let me, uh, let me play the clip that caught my interest. Eugenics is not just something in the past. For people who heard that joint session episode, I read an article that the state of California was paying out people who were sterilized against their will in a eugenics campaign that went from 1909 to 1979. And through a loophole where they just continued doing it in prisons, 
It went on into the 2000s. But it's gone now, right? It's safe. The big bad Nazis were brought to trial and no one ever had a eugenics thought again. The elite watch people die all the time of lack of health care, of poverty, lack of food, and they don't give a fuck. But when it comes to the vaccine, they very much care about your health and wellness and just are doing it out of the kindness of their heart. The cognitive dissonance is pretty insane at this point, isn't it? That's right, folks. We're talking about eugenics yet again for this episode. Oh, well, I wonder why. It's certainly in the air these days. Now, all of my discussions and my arguments, are I'm not really going to broach any sort of the new vaccinations or causing sterilization. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. It's not really what I'm here to bring up and discuss with you tonight. Um, how familiar are you with eugenics in America? Um, I am, I mean, I understand that Planned Parenthood when it first started and Planned Parenthood now being one of the major charitable medical organizations and they do a lot of great work now and they provide a lot of great healthcare services for, for women and for all kinds of people all over who can't afford it otherwise. But in the beginning they started out. I believe, with that ideology in mind. That's how old the organization is. It goes back. And uh, I, I know that for a fact that Bill Gates Sr. Um, has has talked on the subject, Bill Gates' dad, and, and he was part of that organization. But that's that's really all I know about eugenics in America. Well, what people have to realize is it's not these sort of one-off characters that came and went and they practice in the pseudoscience uh, crazy shit that ended up leading to the mass slaughter of millions of people. But this was a widely held scientific belief. It was not super popular, but I would say it's almost as popular as a uh, global warming. But let me, um, well, let me, let me let- can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about eugenics, are we talking about... Because I, I could take it kind of... I think of eugenics is like two ways. You could take it as explicitly trying to kill off what you would consider an inferior genetic line or whatever in order to make sure that people have stronger genes, right? That's one way of thinking about it. You kill people who have shitty genes. Or... The other way I think about it is actual instead of like the the you know put people in the oven route it's it's the what I think a lot of it has which is like thorough breeding bloodline stuff um well yeah I mean you're talking just, like a royal family but even point. normal people like who who don't really date outside of their like race or or their religion Oh, well, um, you know, Mo Mo Fax has brought this up before because parents want their kids to, or grandparents and parents want their kids to look like them. And um, yeah, I mean, it, you should like date and marry and love and have kids with whoever you want, but you should also acknowledge that there is a natural affinity for people to be drawn to people that that the other people that they look like because it just gives them comfort. You know, you you, you relate to on more levels together sometimes. Right. It's not, 
But that's that's like a internal versus external. Right. But but the the idea is that you take it to the extreme with eugenics where you go, okay, I'm not going to let my son or daughter marry anybody other than who exactly, you know, or if you, you know, you will ostracize somebody who doesn't go that way, which mm-hmm. I think is rooted in a lot of the Ubermacht thing that was coming out of Germany that Nazism was rooted in which was you're trying to in a in a weird scientific way like preserve the line by going out of your way to make sure that you only have the best genes and and that's what eugenics gets its scientific angle from they treat it like breeding a tomato we're trying to just get the best tomato we can right and they and don't want to they don't want to you know, use up any resources to the useless eaters the yeah. people minded you know they're just a strain on society just dragging everybody else down well i see this population control and for me eugenics and population control they overlap but they're not quite the same thing because eugenics i think is based on race population control is just based on we need to fucking kill people because i mean eugenics plays into it but the population control just purely comes from useless eaters we got to get rid of them right and but it has I, nothing to do with like but useless eaters could it's not just race or ethnicity it can be class-based too sure uh which will be anything at that point which we'll kind of explore here in a little bit um but i would like to hit you with uh with your boy to sort of lay out what was going on at the time and it's everybody's favorite james corbett of the corbett report from (laughs) corbettreport.com in the early part of the 20th century over 65,000 americans were sterilized at the hands of 33 state governments including many mentally ill epileptic, blind, deaf, or physically deformed individuals, many of them sterilized against their will in the name of eradicating their genes from the gene pool. We have long been taught to associate eugenics exclusively with the Nazi regime and their idea of the supreme Aryan race. And the corollary of that is that eugenics started and ended with the Nazi regime. Many thus believe that eugenics is nothing more than a cautionary tale best relegated to the annals of scientific history. But did eugenics ever really go away? So now we're talking about a situation 90 years ago at this point. 90? Uh-huh. Uh, 90 years ago for From for 2021 to 1930. Uh, I, I don't have a date when... It really started popping off with the legislation. I have a ton. Of well, by nineteen thirty, right? So nineteen thirty, we could say, or yeah, nineteen thirty, Germany was completely under the sway of of this ideology. But America, uh, here we go. States with uh, laws in effect of January first, nineteen thirty five, and uh, there was thirty three of them. Uh, legislative stat- status of eugenical sterilization in the United States. I mean, the whole entire Northeast, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, uh, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Arizona, Utah, California, Oregon, Idaho. But uh, out of all of them, California comes in at the top, if you can believe that. Oh, I can believe it. Uh, and then... Uh, North Carolina and Virginia were the second and third. Hmm. Well, I mean, Virginia, it's right there at the, at the lizard people's back door. You don't want all these 
scabby motherfuckers running around your backyard. It's, it's I think a lot of it's kind of religious too. Like Protestantism plays a big part of it. I think that they're they've always kind of had that going for themselves. Like, oh, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. Protestantism is a religion of saying no. So it makes sense why it it bleeds into that as well. Just an idea of like, oh, we don't want, you know, we don't want to associate with any of that. They're vermin. They're vermin. Everybody's vermin unless you do exactly what we do. (laughs) And uh, 1909 was the actual date. Of what? Of when this practice started. Continued for 70 years. What practice started by who? This uh, forced sterilization began in 1909 and continued for 70 years. California led the country in the number of sterilization procedures performed on men and women, often without their full knowledge and consent. Approximately 20,000 sterilizations took place in state institutions. Yeah. Um, so, what are. Government I, programs, too? Uh, like foster programs, too? Like, is there any of that in there? <laughs> I'm sure welfare had a, had some part to play in it. Yeah. Which I also don't want to blow my load too early. So we'll, well, we'll, we'll come when back to When it comes to, to overpopulation, California has been ahead of that game for a long time. We've had to deal with way too many people for way too long. L.A. Yeah. Has, is fucking running out of water. I know, a lot of time. it's like uh, juvenile centers, um, mental institutions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's exactly the, what you want to... You want to get rid of that. Those are the seedy elements of society. You don't want that at part of the society to to breed, right? If you're a eugenicist. And before we before we go into this next set of clips, this will be a report from eight years ago, and it's a CNN report actually. So enjoy. We're fair yeah. and balanced here. Nothing but the fairest and balancedest. Uh, but I just and I I know I know that you're gonna know this. But I want you to just hold in your on the just the very tip of your tip of your lip, like it's a cigarette. That it this is all this is all just going to be for your own good. This is all for your own good. And, America, uh, yeah, world. And uh, with that, we'll uh, start here with clip number one. Tonight, more of an, uh, about an incredibly disturbing story that we've been following for months now. States in the United States refusing to compensate victims who were forcibly sterilized because they were deemed unfit to reproduce. It was part of a eugenics program operated in more than half the states in the 20th century in this country. Now, it sounds shocking. It's, it's almost unbelievable, frankly, to imagine this, but it's the shameful truth. Tens of thousands of American citizens were sterilized without their consent. It was all public knowledge. Now, the Supreme Court at the time actually endorsed the practice, and so did several presidents. California performed so many sterilizations. Get this, Nazi Germany used its program as a model. Get that. Look at Anderson Cooper coming in, swinging, dropping bombs. <laughs> oh, goddamn poop head. I, I, that was nothing I had ever heard of before as far as uh, the Nazis taking a page out of our fucking eugenist books, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, paperclip. Yeah, that's always that's that's kind of the meme thing to say. I think in this situation, yeah, there's a lot of crossover. Uh, America has been really racist for a, a long time, and 
It makes sense. Well, see, I'm glad that you that you say that because let, let's extend that these institutions of systemic racism never went away and they still existed. Where is this eugenics framework at the moment? Like, and, and let's just you and I let's unplug from what we know if that's even possible. Like, where did this eugenicism go? Well. well. Are you asking me sincerely or, yeah. or rhetorically? Well, uh, s- sincerely rhetorical. <laughs> Very well. Yeah, it's marketing. It always goes to... You, the one thing that the Nazis gave us that really, 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 if you want to say they gave us, was was marketing and PR. They could sell an idea. That's for goddamn and sure. Just unbelievable. Like, And, and Stalin as well. There's all kind, I mean, there are a lot of innovations, and it has to do with technology. It has to do with the materials that are available to us. We have instantaneous communication now. That's a really big deal that I think that people take for granted, something that we've never really had. But on top of that, we have all these ways to market and advertise. And with information, you control the mail, you control the information. Um, you, you, you have to sell things, and the way to sell is, is to... Is to Trick people into thinking that they need this thing that you are trying to sell them. That is the that is the ultimate goal of any advertiser marketing guy who is trying to get a product into the market and to have people gobble it up. That you want to you want to make them feel like they need the product. And this is like just the perfect storm of. If you don't, if you're not fucking into this, then you, you know you're anti-medicine or you're anti-science or you, you hate people. You're a murderer. You're you're a health risk and all this stuff. And anti-progress. You're anti-progress. It goes on and on and on. And there's so many. There are 50 ways that you can get backed into a corner with this thing. And for them, that is perfect. They have so many escape doors, so many twist turns, mirrors, smoke. It is fucking unreal. It's the most perfect thing that, that has fallen in their laps that they have obviously been working on for just years and years. And finally, they had Trump, and, and once Trump happened, they were put in the position where they were like, we can fucking do whatever we want. People, people have zero power. I really, I really think people don't appreciate just how pervasive and how strong this science that they have developed uh, of marketing and of, of being able to just dissect people, especially with all of the the data that they have access to and the computer and the and the the computers and the and the processes that they have developed to analyze that data and to create models and to, I mean the only models we see are the bullshit ones they make up to explain what really happened to to cover up for what really happened. It's what you see again and again and again. Well, I can I can comfortably say, from my own standing of two feet, actually I'm sitting, so, so yeah. from my own ass right here, my own comfortable <laughs> ass, that the Nazi scientists, they may have lost the battle, but they certainly did not lose the war. No mm. siree. No, they didn't. Um and you can argue that there were the people that financed the whole thing. I mean, fucking, we've talked about this before. Bush's grandpa built the factories. Yeah. Ford built factories. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Koch brothers' dad built refineries, oil refineries for Hitler. 
I mean, th- these guys made a lot of money. And it's and the same for Italian World Bakers War One that, that you have, and, and even Napoleon getting his ass handed to him. It was funded both sides of one party. Yeah. Um, and, and completely manipulated. Yeah, the financiers had everything in their pockets. Which I didn't realize this. All I was, wars are I, bankers' wars. I was, uh, and right after after this point, we'll get into this next clip. But uh, I was watching part of Alex Jones's End Game today, which is on YouTube and linked in the show notes. And I was like, "Holy End fuck!" Uh, Alex Jones can make a fucking documentary. Oh man, I was. I that was guy's getting, a seasoned vet, man. I was getting <laughs> lit up over it, but uh, I, it was I had to be Rothschild, David Rothschild. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm blanking on his first name, but uh, he had one of his men ride back after Napoleon's surrendered. The dude told him that he lost the war, and then Rothschild went over to the central banking in Britain and was and started this rumor that Napoleon had actually won, which mm-hmm. caused the entire economy to deflate because everybody was panicking, mm-hmm. and he scooped in and bought it all up. He went to the, the, the London Exchange and he fucking... Yeah, this is the big legend of, of Rothschild's thing. But the the implication being that his, his network of spies was faster than the official government yeah. network. And, but he also was like ready to do this. Plotted it out probably. And, right, but that's that's really just to speak on like... You know, it's, it's the same. I mean, shit, they put it in our fucking media with the Star Wars Episode Eight. Uh, whatever that one's called, the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, that's that's a funny Roth. That's like one of the most famous Rothschild stories. But they were already the shit before that. Yeah. They were they their big secret to me. I think, especially in the beginning, was that there were five branches in five different countries run by five competent sons, led by one competent father, and that's incredible. Like the fact that that. That that's just like such an unbelievable head start in life to be able to have that kind of uh, flexibility and profitability and and it just compounds it compounds years and decades over and over and especially with the shit they're pulling like this this stock exchange pull but their whole thing was that they're just financiers I mean they they finance to kings they they in the beginning they they were like normal loan guys but they got really lucky. Uh, the dad got really lucky and he got like one like Prussian prince and, and he got to be like his personal financier. And from there he structured the whole model just on like trying to, trying to control the currency itself. You know, currency is such a weird thing, such an interesting thing. Now uh, we could, we could do a whole episode, a very boring episode, probably uh, talking about uh, the current uh, state of currency. I have to make sure we get the Dutch, uh, e- e- uh, Dutch East India. Is that the name of the company? Uh, the uh, yeah, Dutch East Royal India. Dutch East India Trading Company. Well, okay. So my next clip. This one actually reminds me of the residential schools that we talked about a couple episodes ago back up in Canada, uh, just with the treatment of of young children, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think he's 14 in this clip. The man's still living as of 2000 and, uh, eight years ago. So 2011. Um, is that right? <laughs> Help. No, 2013. Yeah, sure. 2013. Yes. Um, 
but uh, this is just sort of, and you know, there's plenty of survivor stories out there. Uh, it's just, Mm. this is the one that's in the clip. 1945, California's Sonoma state home. Charlie Follett, a 14 year old ward is singing in a field when he's ordered inside. Dorsey shot me with some kind of medicine. Supposed to deaden the nerve. Then the next thing I just heard was snip, snip. And that was it. Did they tell you what they were doing to you? No. They didn't have to tell him. He knew. A sterilization by force. How did you know what it was? Well, because see, there's been others in there that had it before me. The other boys at the home had warned him how much it would hurt. Well, when they done this side here, it seemed like they were pulling the whole insides out. The 1930s through the 1950s were the heyday of the eugenics movement in the United States. The goal? To rid the country of the feeble-minded, defectives. And it wasn't some fringe or secretive program. It was well-known and paid for by the states where it was practiced. Entire families labeled shiftless, degenerates. 60,000 men and women, boys and girls, sterilized. Some living at home, others like Follett in state institutions. His parents were alcoholics and couldn't care for him and his sister. Yeah. Oh, just wait till uh, we get to who his advocate reached out to. <laughs> okay. Um Here's uh this one gets into a little bit of the I believe this is the Nazis reaching out to California for advice. 32 states had eugenics programs, but California was in a league of its own. The Golden State sterilized 20,000 people, more than twice as many as the next state, Virginia, and a full third of the nation's total. It was led by California's elite including, at the time, the president of Stanford University and the publisher of the Los Angeles Times. The efficiency of California's program didn't go unnoticed. In the 1930s, the Nazi party in Germany was so impressed it asked for advice, and Californians leading the program were only too happy to help. And I actually have a a quote from Hitler here. There is today one state in which at least weak beginnings toward a better conception of citizenship are noticeable. Of course, it is not our model German Republic, but the United States. From, (laughs) quotes the LA Times. Yeah, Yeah, I don't doubt that one fucking bit. You know, I bet it was a lot of it was in LA. And and here in San Francisco, but... uh, And, yeah, all over the country, but goddamn, just... People who it's still are today. Still, it's still that way today, and it's just changed into 4chan. And all the people that think that way, they just go to 4chan and then they talk that like that. And that's well, that's, that's the hold on because I got <laughs> I got a full fucking forty page report in the show notes where they caught prison systems inside of California doing this all the way up until I think twenty fourteen. Mm, yeah, 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 sterilizations, yeah. But a lot of it seems to be more so they felt, wait for it, coerced. What, where where have I been chewing on that word as of late? Coerced? Yeah. 
or forced into it. Um, well, no shit. It's not like they felt like doing it. Oh, since we're in here, since I've got some scissors in my hands, nope. I might as well just do it. You don't fucking do it without being coerced. And we never really heard anything from the uterus collector in Georgia, I think, with the ICE detainment center either. I, I don't know what the fuck happened with that story. Shit, I'm surprised they aren't pulling out these kids' kidneys, <laughs> selling them for for be- uh, beer cash. I don't know. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Well, I'm sure you want to know what someone can do, right? I Yes, you've already made it perfectly clear what people are doing and what they can do. <laughs> Let's see what... I, uh, before we move on, I, I just want to say, my grandpa grew up in a boy's home in L.A. and then into his teens here in the Bay Area as a, do, a son of a Mexican immigrant. And um, I am extremely... In this moment, I'm feeling very grateful <laughs> that... Uh, that that fate did not fall him and his siblings. Yeah, grew up more or less in, in that system. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean, there's a there's a lot of natives involved with it too. Oh a yeah, the natives Nations. get the worst. Uh, the natives are treated so much worse than anyone else. I mean, and it's, it's like awful. If you want that, like, just smacked in your face, illuminated. Um, not you, but to anyone happening to listen to this show that is not listening to Grime America Outlawed. Um, Graham has really been on that trail hard. He he even went and wrote a small book about it, um, just with the way the First Nations have been excoriated. I don't even know what the right word is at this point. Just like systematically stamped out. Uh, very disturbing stuff. Very mm, disturbing. Yeah, it's cool. Anyway, sorry. Back to your clip. So eugenicists in California sent this book to the Nazis. Yes, they did. So the Nazis used this book as a model for their sterilization program. Absolutely. Germany used California's program as its chief example that this was a working, successful policy. California, the leader in forced sterilizations, but decades later, not a leader in making amends to victims. A few hundred survivors are still alive by one scholar's estimate, but the state has offered no reparations. Follett's tried for years, but says he can't even get a politician to talk to him, not even his own state representative, who also refused an interview request from CNN. His friend, Rudy Banlison, a nursing student, shows me letters he's written to no avail on Follett's behalf. Uh, The book that they're talking about is Sterilization for Human Betterment. Uh, which I I didn't bother to go out. Which was republished this year as sterilization for dummies. <laughs> All right, I'll make my I'll make my one I'll make my one crack. Vac- yeah. Vaccinations for dummies. <laughs> Vaccinations that's it. For oh, sorry. That's all. That's all I want to do. I, I have my one. Done. I have my one. Okay. okay. All right. We got everybody gets one. Um, at this point, we should probably check back in with uh, Mr. Carlwood. And see how he's feeling about this situation. How does that sound? Yes. But how many people involved in this eugenics campaign in California, and as they say in the article, I think 20 or 30 other states, how many of these people who are doing this without any accountability up to 1979 are still involved in positions of power in these major institutions? Probably plenty. 
But first, they colonized and brutally wiped out undesirables under the guise of Christianity, then under the guise of democracy. Now it's all under the guise of technology. We have to bring the poor indigenous people's cell phones and cryptocurrency and bank the unbanked. It's always about bringing the people something that isn't food, water, opportunity, or shelter. Now, I'm not saying that this person who I'm about to reveal their name is involved, like, first-handedly with the sterilization of people. But in the green room, I just posted a picture of the rep that the advocate tried to reach out to and never heard anything back. Ah, the great attorney general of California, Miss Kamala D. Harris. Now, is she, she's still doing something, right? She right now, she's actually, unfortunately, she got backed into this fucking dead end job. Uh, it's, it's a, it's like a cushy federal job, but it's like probably the least popular job. But, uh, there, there is a, there's definitely an opportunity, I think, uh, for promotion in the next, oh, let's see here. Three and a half years. Oh my God. It's only been fucking half a year. So I'm not, (sighs) I'm not trying to lump anything on Harris and any, any sort of fashion. I just want to say that within three steps, like through our first female vice president, we come to the door of fast fascism. Mm-hmm. And well. I mean, shit, this is, this is the time. This is when my great grandmother would have been alive. Uh, she was born in 1919. I want to say somewhere in that range. I could be wrong. 1920s. Mm-hmm. Um, she would have been of the appropriate age, much like your grandfather. Because um, it's such a wide birth. Because like all of this was shut down in the mid seventies. Um, yeah. And then through loopholes, people found a w- where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, because people want to do it. it. Really, there are people. There's a really dedicated group of people out there. And the problem is, you can't be open about it anymore. You could be open about it in, in t- up until the fifties, like you said, in sixties maybe. And then yeah, going into the seventies with after the after the summer of love, you weren't able to fucking get away with that shit out in the open like that. Yeah. And and now it has to be completely under the guise. Now it's totally manipulative. Now it's we're here to help. <laughs> hey, we're here to help. Come here, buddy. Oh wait, what's that? Is that is that Kamala at the door? I do believe that the act of getting vaccinated is the very essence the very essence of what the Bible tells us when it says, love thy neighbor. Right? Because what we know is, one can ask, well, who is one's neighbor? Is it the person who lives to my left, lives to my right? I know them, may borrow a cup of sugar, right? What, how, what, with, who would be thine neighbor unto them? Huh? I don't know. You know, it's what I say. Where are the show notes? Because I think you had a really great clip in there. Where did you put those darn things? So the, uh, I think I only got one more yeah, from, from, which uh, which clip are you talking? Think about your show notes, your Substack. Yeah. Um, you had the, oh my God, you had that really great, what was it? Oh, 
No, that's what I'll present later. I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> I, there's a great clip from um, fucking. It's I think if Mo didn't post it, I just saw it, but it's Malcolm X, and he's talking about he's talking about this stuff. It's great. Anyway, please continue. I will find that clip and I will present it later. The the last one that I have, it's, uh, I mean, I, I have no reason to argue with this guy's logic at this point. Do you think the state of California just wants to forget about this, forget it ever happened? Honestly, I think they're just waiting. I mean, I hate to sound so cynical. Um, I think they're just waiting for the victims to die and forget this whole thing ever happened. Hey, good news. As of July 6, 2021, California is poised to approve reparations. Is poised. <laughs> Sorry. Is opposed. I not got, opposed. I got to remember, too. Yeah. Is a, California is not opposed to approve reparations of up to 20, up to, oh, my God. California is poised to approve reparations of up to $25,000 to some of the thousands of people, some as as young as 13 who were sterilized decades ago. Um, Virginia and North Carolina are the only other two states that have paid out. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, doesn't surprise me. It goes to the top. Um, the organizations that have the power to do this, they don't, they don't just like, they're not just fucking a bunch of people sitting around in a farmhouse somewhere, okay? This is a very coordinated, very... Uh, extravagantly paid for thing just like the vaccines are the the vaccine advertisement marketing just think about the sheer amount of ad space that all this vax shit takes up all the time in everything in sports and tv and the internet everywhere you go everything you see on any billboard any any sport you watch You'll see it. There's no escaping it. And the, the sheer, I mean, it's just billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars to, to in marketing going to these ad guys paid for by who? Who's paying? Who's paying for all this ad shit? I mean, that's it's the you always follow the money, people. Always follow the money because it goes right to where the stream flows from. And, and when it comes to these eugenics programs, Bill Gates' dad wasn't involved because he was some fucking bumpkin, dude. He was one of the most powerful people on the West Coast, and he was directly involved in it because he, as a as a rich, stodgy guy, was like, "Yeah, we should, we should, we should cut out the chaff. We've got a problem. The world is too populated. Too many useless cedars, which is, you know." There are a lot of fucking people in the world, and there are rich people that want to do do something about it. And I don't, I don't support it, but I, I get why they're trying to do it. I understand where it comes from. But at some point, that's going to have to come to a head. Is it the uh, sperm counts have dropped too low for us to maintain current numbers, or are we, you know, poised to overrun and overconsume the planet within the next thirty years? I don't know. There are a lot of things that could be a lot easier. Um, there, it's held back by certain individuals. I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if I, I just, I don't know what to think about the overpopulation numbers anymore. I don't know how much of that's actual just 
textbook. Well, nobody knows for sure how much how much the the planet can hold. I mean, it's not like we've reached a point where I'm not even I'm not a, even talking about how many you know, uh, how how much the planet can sustain. I'm talking the actual numbers because I'm sure they have to use models to map it out. Yeah, and if COVID nineteen has really just blown the door open on anything is you can, you can go really far with a bunk model. Oh yeah. This whole fucking thing's built on bunk models. This entire pandemic's built on that bullshit Imperial college model where they said 2 million people are going to die right away. And it's been two years and 2 million people still haven't died. Well, feedback is reminding you it was 651,000 over this past week. 51,000 dead. What this week? No total. Oh, total. Yeah, sixty-one. Yeah, six, over six hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, allegedly, which they keep revising down. But then they they're like, just kidding. Yeah. They're like, they're like, by the way, it's really only kidding. about nine percent of this. But but also, we're going to continue to just like say this big number anyway. But there's a little asterisk that says, just so you know, we have no fucking clue. So it's really it's, I don't know. I just keep. You know, you go to your local hospital, you know, you can see for yourself. Uh, and I've been to the hospital lately. I've been to the hospital a bunch of times during the during this thing. And every time I go, go to one of the busiest, one of the one of the biggest hospitals in the Bay Area. And guess what? It's it's mellow. It's not a lot going on. And you talk to them there. Hey, is there a lot going on? Yeah, we're busy, and we're, and we're we're stressed because of all this mandated shit. But you know. It's it's normal. It's just shit's going as, as shit's going. Can you point me to the freezer, uh, freezer trucks, please? Yeah. Hey, do you guys have any ice cream? Oh, we don't have any ice cream. We don't have any ice cream. You know why we had to use the ice cream trucks? To carry the fucking thousands of bodies that are piling up in the streets. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I'm trying not to be insensitive because I, people do die from COVID. I, I, to the best of my knowledge, I think. that's I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not... I'm not saying I got all the answers, but I'm just saying that the amount of damage that's being done in the name of protecting people from this disease just is so obviously so heavily outweighing the damage that's actually being done by this disease. And the numbers show that. You go to the CDC website and you can see that as long as you're under 70 and you don't have cancer and you don't ha- and you haven't been smoking your whole life, then there's a 99.99% chance that you're not going to get it. Well, so. shit. I mean, the nicotine might end up uh, <laughs> being one of the reigning champs beside horse dewormer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the battle, not the war, kiddo. <laughs> Fingers crossed, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm just saying. All, all I want to tack on is it, it's all just done for your own good. And if it's not done for your own good, it's done for your grandmother's own good in this particular case. Well, that's Nazi shit. That's straight up fucking Nazi shit. Uh, We're doing it for the greater good. You have to give up your freedoms for the greater good. For the greater good. And I've had that conversation a couple of times with people and it just, it comes out of their mouths so easily. Yeah. But if you just take a step back and, you know, define to me what is the greater good. And I I don't want to spend too much time really hammering on the nitty gritty of COVID. Um, just, have you ever seen the play? It could happen here or read it. No, I haven't. Have I brought it up? It, or it can't happen here. 
It's a novel by Sinclair Lewis. I, I've brought it up probably once. Uh, but uh, Sinclair Lewis's It Can't Happen Here, um, which came out of fucking Nazism. and It was 1935. And uh, he wrote this American author, and it's basically just about... It's, it's, it's very much what's happening right now. They had a good old boy president in there. His you know, name is like Buzz... Buzz Aldrin, you know, or whatever. Like, he's, he's just got the most American fucking guy. And uh, and they they completely reorganize America into into a fascism under this, like, hokey, we're doing it for America thing. And everybody just goes along with it. Everyone's like, yeah, America's great. Let's do it. But the whole, and, and it's called It Can't Happen Here, but it, it's... The the parallels are striking and it's it's actually really terrifying because growing up I was like oh god I know, is the the you look at the title and you're like it can't happen here well it couldn't actually happen here and that's where it gets you, you see it pulls a sneaky on you because it is happening here uh, I, I, if you watched I love seeing pictures of Biden's inauguration just the police state fucking barbed wire fence everybody wearing a ball gag I mean it's just fucking Exactly, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this is great." Oh wow! Wow, well, give me a shot every month. Give me my sick day. Oh my god, so great! Fuck, dude, they deployed what was it, twenty thousand troops for a dude in buffalo horns and left behind like fifteen hundred people in Kabul. Is that yeah. what the numbers are? I, I might, I might get, might be getting those numbers wrong, but the sentiment still remains there. Yeah, you know, erecting the fucking eight foot tall fences, convoys patrolling the streets. Um, it's uh, in you know at Australia is getting it the worst, man. Jesus Christ, they're killing dogs over there. Oh yeah, that was that was finally. That's going to be the end of of it over there. They fucked up doing that. People are going to be fucking livid about that. I finally got through to the keeper with the story. With it was this about one. dogs, right? With this one. Yep. yep. And, and the way I, I framed it to her is, I mean, there's not much to frame. The council decided we have to put down, well, fuck, it was like 15 dogs. 15 dogs. We had to put 15 dogs down to prevent people from traveling outside of their homes and spreading COVID. Um, so we're just going to shoot them, I guess. And so not only did the council decide that that was the appropriate measure to make, but someone went and shot those dogs for the greater good. Yeah, we're going to kill something to save lives. And we're going to kill these innocent animals they have nothing to do with fucking anything. There's no record of of dogs getting COVID, and if it, and if they are starting to get COVID, well, then you should be mad at Wuhan because they just did that. <laughs> well, it's it was it had nothing to do with the dogs. It had nothing to do with the dogs. It had to do with this the psychological fucking like projection where they're like, well, if we kill these dogs, well, then they'll stay in the house. And the the really tragic, I mean, well, I don't know, maybe poor phrasing on my part, but the tragic part is, is that they already, most of them had homes all ready to go. Yeah, yeah. They were ready to be picked up. See, this is, 
I'm telling you, man, this is the story because this is how it's for your own good. It's for your own good, man. It's for your own good. It, it's sad when shit like this is actually what ends up cracking the shell on a lot of people. And it really, it really just goes to show. And I, I, I don't want to be too sentimental here. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful life, but this whole thing is just so shallow. <laughs> you know, the, the whole COVID thing is as deep as a puddle on a dry day, man. People just do it. Everything about it is just completely projection. People, the way people react to COVID is just how it just brings out the worst in people. And it's like, ah, if you're a control freak, then you're off and running with this thing. If you're this, if you're that, you're off and running. If you're a narcissist and you just want to like be a hero and you want to like, oh my God, I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to do my damnness to like do what I got to do. Everybody else, blah, 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 whatever. All these people, it's, it just brings out these bugs, you know, they're just like, blah, blah. It, it's so shallow. It's so, and as soon as you just look at any data or, or disregard all the, the surface chaff, you're like, oh God, there's so much more here. But people don't. There's so, and, the, and then it's going to be this. Oh, they shot 15 dogs. Oh, now everybody cares. Once again, shallow is as shallow does. Well, uh, I, I posted that story on Instagram. I only got two likes out of it. <laughs> well, oh, people shit. don't want to hear that shit. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear about dogs being shot. People. People are going to shut this out. They're going to they're going to stop, you know. But if there is one thing, if they keep killing dogs, it, it's so far gone. We are fully living in a in a in a global police state, and people don't realize it. People don't accept it because they're in shock. The world is in shock right now with what we've had to go through for the last two years. And as Phone Boy very correctly point, points out in the green room, which you can join on the IRC. Uh, zero node uh, dot net. Uh, there are a lot of fucking assholes in the world who just have issues in their lives and they and they they can't deal with it in in a healthy way. Well, it just harkens back to that Zoobies list that we uh, did with Cretched. Yeah. Where, and like you said, it just awakens that authoritarian gene defect glitch, the authoritarian glitch. They in the short circuit, and next thing you know, they're boot stepping. I don't know what happened. <laughs> they just they fucking just flung an arm up, and now as they're soon screaming. As they prove wrong by something, they'll they'll tout something and scream in somebody's face for six months about something, and then it'll get proven wrong, and then they'll forget, and they'll just move forward. And then or they'll, like, they'll never it never happened. Or even remember the fucking Mueller report? Yeah, that was a whole year of our lives that we will never get back because of something that was so irrelevant. Such a fucking shallow, stupid, obvious nonsense piece of nonsense that was going to go nowhere. They talked about that stupid fucking thing for a full year. And then when, as soon as nothing came out of it, everyone was just like, oh, well, that's just how it is. I mean, what a fucking joke. Anyway, I'm getting a little riled up here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get this riled up. I'm going to cool you down there. Thank you so much. You cooled me down. Uber is so good. Cool me down. Let's take a breather here. I yeah, gotta, take a little breather. I, I, I'm coming up due on a break here for sure. Well, um, we've, are we are we going to end it or are we going to do an intermission and then do more? Uh, I have a movie for you. A movie for me? That I pulled some clips from. Okay. Okay. So we'll do a, an intermission and then we'll do a short second second. Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah. 
or whatever, whatever you want to do. I just uh, we're probably know. like right at two hours right now. Um, now I will Ooh. say because uh, I got all sorts of. Uh, Did you see that? What the servo in the chat just got the the reversed now with the with gals drawing the uh, Queen of Swords, the Magician, King of Pentacles reversed, Eight of Swords reversed, Five of Cups revo- reversed. So now there's a reversed uh, option, oh. or is that a default option? Because before, I don't think you could get reversed. So now you can get actual reversed cards. Wow. Which is which is what you did tonight. Tonight is the first time, at least since I've been on, that you've done reversed. Terrible. Holy shit. We, we, let me take a step back. We have some uh, house... Not house cleaning. What's the word I'm looking for? House cleaning. Yeah, we never did our... We never... Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Let's uh, uh so, well, we're, we're you know take it all the way back. We're gonna start over again. We're you know, we're gonna we're gonna just do it from the on the end here. This we're gonna change the format here. So we're gonna we're gonna thank our people and then we're gonna do our intermission. How about that? Yeah. So if you want to check out our tarot card for tonight, um, you can go to zososcorner.substack.com, z-o-s-o-s corner.substack.com. Uh, that picture is displayed in there. You can also see our list of producers for uh, the episodes that we put out. Um, tonight's Freak of Hazards, uh, we had Turbo Faggot coming in with the Terrace, Terry Davis show art, the psych, super psychedelic, uh, <laughs> the, the fucking quote here, running down glowies with Booberry and Lavish. That's right. That's right. You watch out for those glowies. And, uh, and those spooks and those shills and those sons of bitches. There's something spooky going around these here parts. Fucking spooks. Shout out to Spooky R in the chat. And uh, I, d- I didn't get a chance to thank Servo, but I would like to thank Servo for setting up Gal, the hottest bot this side of the green yeah. room. Uh, oh, yeah. She now will roll dice for us. She will draw tarot cards. Uh, she's got a now playing feature. She's phenomenal. I love her. Um, yeah, she's she's so great. She's fuck like, uh, I think about like Chad and Doug, and I'm like, yeah, cool. Gals, yeah. where is that? Stacy, that's, that's not my name. That's not my name. My name. But gal, like gals, just like peak Americana. This, but like probably. I don't know. Reminds me of this time frame that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Gal, gal's a dame, you know. That's my gal, my old gal. Let's see. That's that's why. Yeah, women. Oh God, my girlfriends. Not. I don't have multiple girlfriends. I've had girlfriends <laughs> that hate when I call them my gal or something like that. I'm just like shut the fuck. Up. Oh yeah, maybe I'm dating the wrong women. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Servo. Fucking gal is the shit. Uh, now you can draw multiple cards and you can draw them and now they have a reversed function and uh, they're getting stronger all the time it, the machine is getting better, faster stronger, harder thicker, girthier um, <laughs> yeah, fuller it's good so yeah, thanks everybody and thanks everybody who's listening in the chat room we've got our chat room here uh uh, hashtag green room irc.zeronode.net um, or you can find the Kiwi link um, which is a peeking around you can find that on NAS if you really need the link to the chat you can find it in the chat 
So just get into the chat and then we'll get you the link to the chat. Yep. Um, we have a scream line. Booberry wants you to scream at him so bad. He, he, tell, he tells me all the time. This is true. We have a couple of make goods from uh, from last week. Oh, I should say real quick before we hit the scream mails. This is a value for value production. So we just sit here and we record our shit. We have ourselves a good time. We do a live show every Monday night. Uh, it's nine thirty central. Um, but ten thirty uh, specific. Yes, ten thirty beast coast. Uh, but we don't take any corporate money, any commercials, none of that sort of chicanery. Because we like being able to say the things that we want to say, especially with some of the stuff that might not be super, you know, uh, meshy with someone yeah. like uh, Nabisco, right? Could you yeah, imagine talking Pfizer. about eugenics and then switching over to a Nabisco commercial? Yeah, 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 no. Or Viagra. Yeah, no. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> the, only, the only thing we're brought by is, or bought out by is... The following announcement. Have been paid for by the New World Order. That's right. And you can't spell the New World Order without... NWO. New World Order. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's that's what it stands for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, we have our screen mails. Um, let, me, uh, let me hit you with some of the ones from last week. Yeah. Oh, so these are from the solo show last week. Yes. Okay. And here we go. I believe I asked uh, if anyone had any questions. I, I don't know. I don't know what I asked. It's people! It's people! Oh, Soylent Green. It's people! Mm, The people's food. Oh, the people's governor. Thank you, Charlton. Thank you, caller. Thank you, caller. It is people. I I might uh, might request that uh, (laughs) we add Charlton Heston as a patron saint of the green room. (laughs) Oh, my God, of course. You're talking about the man who fought those damn dirty apes. And Omega Man? Like, holy shit, you want to talk about a relevant film right now. And Moses. And Moses. Shit. And, uh, yeah, all kinds of shit. Charlton was the man. He was great in Wayne's World, too. Uh, let me uh, let me hit you with this next one. Uh, wait, can we can we hear the the first one one more time? I'm sorry, I just want to hear that one, the Soylent Green one. Nice. Let's see if I can maybe I said that one. Uh, here's your next one. Got wolfed. Mmm, that is very wolfy. Got wolfed. They wolfed me. Very howly. Ugh. They wolfed me. I don't think I have any other good wolf howls at the moment other than the uh, Tex Avery one. It's a little long. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, no, I'm a, yeah, no, I don't even know if I could. Uh, I don't know. But I know that, that our boy, the wolf of Kansas City, has, I'm sure, a whole archive of Hells and whatnot. Oo-woos, perhaps? Yeah, I sent him a little baby wolf cup howling on a nature cam today. It's like, yeah. yeah. That's uh, third one's a charm? Yep. Is this still from last week? Mm-hmm. Nice. Ada! Russia! Ah! 
I want to uh, let's do that one again. <laughs> China, Russia, ah! <laughs> <laughs> A story in three acts. Pretty much. Shit. <laughs> that's right. That's oh, right. That's good. Uh, job bless to that caller, and of course, job bless to the motherland. And uh, I, uh, I think uh, we got one more from last week. Uh, here we go. Uh, 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 Is that me sweating, or are you sweating? Was that? Uh, I'm. Whew. I'm gonna need to get a new suit <laughs> and uh, sweat this one out. Mm. Shit, I need a new computer chair. Oh my lord! Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, that was very. It was quite a roller coaster. Wow, it had some uh, quite the range of screamers. That was look a story at, in five acts. Look at you go! That Shit, was, that was some real depth and. Uh, finesse to that one it had it had so many different flavors it was like a complex dish <laughs> five course meal <laughs> yeah yes a, a meal in five courses but if you if you want to get into this buffet of chicane I, i've already used that word i should find a different word if, if you, you if you want to get into the smorgasbord of goddamn hey. madness then uh yeah please uh yeah sorry continue but, uh, yeah, call 612-263-7999 or 612-263-SXXY. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, the, Sexy. It's, it's literally the easiest way to support the show because we're value for value. Um, if you would like to send us some maybe financial donations or like Turbo Faggot did with the show art, you can go to loveislit.com, hopefully eventually, uh, but in the meantime, behind the schemes, sch3m3s.com will take you to our website. You can find our email, shoot us uh, some clips, music, show art. Uh, there's a donate button, all sorts of different ways. But the phone line, definitely the easiest way to get involved and get weird. Mm-hmm. You want to get weird. Who doesn't want to get weird these days? You got all the weirdness. The website's got it all. It's got all of our previous episodes. It's currently episode 60 tonight. And uh, it also has a link to the chat. It has um, the show notes, all the show notes. If you have any questions about the material that we talked tonight, the show notes absolutely look fantastic. And uh, you can find all of that material there. We we don't just completely make this shit up, okay? We, we have sources and, and <laughs> we, we, we bring in stuff, you know, that's interesting. And, and a lot of it's from memory. A lot of it's from memory. Well, a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it's from memory. But the fun thing about radio, especially when you record it and publish it, is that people can sit around and uh, pick apart your uh, stuff all day long. Right, like so. we went and I, I, that James Corbett clip that I pulled from was episode 28, and he's on the 400s right now. Yeah, yeah, he's... So, it's, you know... He's been in the game for years. I really like his stuff. I mean, I think... He was very popular at a certain point. Like there was a, there was a point where he was like a rock star of of the conspiracy world. Now I think he's kind of like I don't know. Maybe he's just gone on too long, and and there's other things to focus on or something. But he uh, and, and but you know they brought him up the other day. Uh, no agenda did. 
JCD yeah. and they, fucking I did not understand him. what they meant by speech impediment. He has this very slight lisp, which is hardly noticeable. Um, and he just kind of has a very, like, I don't know. It's not a monotonous tone, but he's not... He, He's obviously done a lot, of, a lot of it, and he's had a lot of time. But he, he I don't know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of range with his like uh, his his vocal inflections. He he really, he really only has like two two kinds of modes. He's like studious, studiously telling you something, or like kind of like looking back and being like, "What is this?" Kind of in a jokey way. And those are his two attitudes, right? <laughs> Fake surprised. Yeah, and then he's got his co-host who I—I I mean, I don't—I think his co-host is also kind of irritating. So, the data is fantastic, and they—they they do a lot of research, and they've always got their finger on the pulse. But I will admit, they aren't the the most fun people to listen to. But still, really good info. Extremely good info. I mean, a, a pillar of alternative media, and um, has been through it all, seen it all. I've been a, a supporter of him for probably like two years now. I've got my monthly subscription to him because he, he really he really deserves it. He's he's really fantastic. Uh, just a quick disclaimer, we totally will shill for other shows that uh, we support yeah. financially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's a personal choice. You know, maybe I shouldn't talk about my personal financial decisions. Oh, no, 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 dude. But, How many times have I done fucking outlawed on this, ep- on, on this show? Well, we sh- we 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 are fans of shows. We we do the show. We are also fans of shows. There's a lot of great material out there. Yeah. I mean, we are right now in a fucking really cool age of a lot of alternative media. A lot of I mean, you call them podcasts, but there are a lot of programs. I I think of them as just radio programs that are everywhere on every fucking topic, and it's overwhelming at times. But you can you can cut away the bullshit and kind of like pick your what you like and, and go with it. Sure. And while always introducing yourself to something new. I want to introduce you to this intermission that I made because I'm pretty happy I with know. it. We're, I know. We keep, <laughs> we're jabbering tonight. You know, this was a promise. It's been two weeks, and we're just having such, so much fun. We both came in. We're like, I'm a little tired. And then as soon as the fucking intro music goes, like, yeah, let's party. Fuck yeah. The uh, This one, I got uh, some more music from Malachi and uh, a bunch of other really weird shit. And I, I really hope that you appreciate... I was thinking of you when I made the uh, the track that uh, wraps it up. Okay. I want to say, yeah, this one's just under 12 minutes, uh, so we got a little bit of extra time, but not Ooh. much more outside of the norm. Um, Very well. Where's that fucking... Oh, there it is. Thanks to everybody who's still listening live and in the chat. Joe bless. Hell yeah. And uh, this was Mr. Marbolo.
That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. There it is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. There's no words there to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? To end the show? Yeah, yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today, and we'll leave you with a... I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! In five, four, three... That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Stewie Griffin. Thanks for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. laughed Mr. Rogers. When I said make the bed, I didn't mean that. Amelia, when will you learn? Said Mr. Rogers. That, that's not what I meant by nail clippers. Amelia, this is not what I meant by baby shower. Dear God, cried Mr. Rogers. He wiped his brow with a handkerchief. Bring me my armchair. I think I'm going to faint. Oh, oh God, Amelia, stammered Mr. Rogers as he backed up. Where did you get the arms for that chair? He stopped before finishing the sentence. No, no, don't answer that. I just need a brainstorm session to... Mr. Rogers realized what he said. No, Amelia. Pleaded Mr. Rogers as Amelia Bedelia marched obediently onward. Please, no, no! Wailed Mr. Rogers in eldritch horror. It was too late. The deed was done. There is no God. Only Amelia Bedelia. Right after the break, we're going to interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. So we'll hear about that coming okay. up. Okay. Do you feel blame? Are you mad? Uh, do you feel like wolves go out for a friend? Get friends, but boots, 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 The goal is to destroy all existing religions, save theirs. All existing governments, save theirs. 
and shackle the mob in a system of eternal oppressive debt chained to a computer for the rest of their life. And a propagandized world to make them believe that they are happy in this system. Now, do you think they're succeeding? Haven't I described to you just now exactly what is going on in the world today? Yes, they're succeeding. They're succeeding because the American people don't understand their enemy. They don't even know what's happening. There's a method to their madness. There's really not much method to yours because you're operating from a place of ignorance. And until you change that, you're going to be bumbling around, bumping into each other, saying and doing the wrong things, not understanding the nature of your enemy. And if you don't understand the nature of your enemy and the weapons they use, you cannot fight that enemy. You can't fight the battle. You shouldn't even be on the battlefield. That's why you're losing the war. Don't tell me you're not, because I'm in a place of great knowledge about who's winning and who's losing this war. And I can assure you, you're losing the war. This country was founded by dangerous men. And the moment the people in this country cease to be dangerous men, it's going to be the day we cease to have a country. I'm going to tell you right now, unless we can be successful in creating a real free press where the American people get different viewpoints other than those expressed in the establishment controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. They are following the Judas goat right into the shearing pins, and from there they will go to the slaughter, and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of the sheep in front of them. Welcome back to second second half of show episode sixty of Behind the Schemes. Yeah, boy, God, I love I love Bill Cooper. Yeah, oh, that's that that last mix was definitely for me. The uh, the God damn it news. What's it fucking called? Yeah, what is it called? Network, network, and uh, and Bill Cooper, who to me is such a legend, like. The way that people feel about, um, like the way that Chris feels about, Sir Cesar feels about Alex Jones, or or whatever. When you just you just really have a like, that's my guy. Bill Cooper is the fucking man. I I have a sad 
reputation of uh, idolizing people who have died. So he's gone, and so is uh, Christopher Hitchens, who I also think is the man who I really wish was alive today to comment on the state of things. Um, yeah. Anyway, great intermission, great mix. And I'm going to add uh, some updates to the show notes. Uh, Spaz came through and has sent me some information about West Virginia's um, sterilization projects. So I'm going to edit that right now and drop them in there. Dude, edit there. And Quirkass in the chat says Stanton Friedman, who is not a name familiar to me, so I'm going to have to look that up. Always learning new things. Stanton Friedman. There's one in here that catches my eye. Let's see what this one is. Friedman. Maybe I have seen this guy. The U.S. and see, this is August 23rd, 2017. The U.S. is still forcibly sterilizing oh. prisoners. I've seen this guy. Uh, last month, news broke that a Tennessee judge issued a standing order offering inmates a 30-day sentence reduction if they underwent a permanent birth control procedure. Vasectomies for men or a four-year birth control implant for women. Uh, although the program is technically voluntary, media pointed to it as a form of coercion that forces inmates into sterilization. Uh, the ACLU agreed, arguing the program violates the fundamental constitutional right to reproductive autonomy. Wow. Mm. Jesus. Yeah. Well, thanks for the, yeah, thanks for sending that in. Yeah, it's uh, not great. Not great people. Um, so. Look out for your nads. We, I, I, I got one scream mail sitting in here. Uh, I'm going to sit on it for a little bit. Um, sit on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Let me fire up my second, second half. Oh. Uh, so what do we got? Uh, we got uh, land up for second, second, second. Well, in the episode uh, 28 of the Corbett Report with James Corbett from CorbettReport.com, uh, he mentions a movie. And he actually starts the episode uh, or the eugenics portion of the episode with a clip from this movie. And the movie is called Tomorrow's Children. Are you familiar with this? No. This is a black and white movie from 1934 is when it came out, I believe. And uh, I watched it. It's only it's only an hour long. It's in the show notes as well, so you can go check out the full thing if you if you want to watch it. Uh, it's you know, cl- classic. Uh, I don't know if that technically qualifies as the golden age of cinema. Um, it's old. It's, it's a golden age, yeah. But uh, essentially, the story of this movie, and that's what these clips. I, I got um, eight of them. I don't know if we'll hit all of them because. I got a Michael Crichton thing that I want to get into as well. Uh, we'll see what we do My with time. Boy, Michael Crichton. Yeah. Um, but essentially, this movie is about a, a this girl named Alice, which... Let's think about that one there for a second. This girl, Alice, uh, she lives with her mother and father, three younger brothers, and uh, she has an uh, older brother who is in jail. And she's got a young suitor... Uh, by the name of Jim, and they're at the beginning of the movie pining for, um, they're he's he's really gunning for marriage with her, and he's tired of waiting around, and they sort of you know dreamily uh, dream on about having children in the future, um, 
but then this doctor ends up visiting Alice's parents. Uh, her mother is bedridden. Her father is out of work and an alcoholic. And her three younger brothers, one is crippled uh, or lame. I'm not sure what the PC word for that would be, uh, but he has a bum leg. Handicapped. Uh, one of them is uh, socially awkward to the point where he screams whenever someone tries to interact with him. And the last oh. child is... He's an actual uh, neckbeard, the original neckbeard. And the uh, the last child is obsessed with playing with the father's uh, empty liquor bottles and doesn't want to talk to anybody. Hmm. So the first clip, um, it's... Uh, who is this? Oh, this is the... This is the doctors first talking about what we should do. And we're, I'm going to try and get through these really quickly. I think the rest of these clips sort of set up the story in a nutshell. Um, I just, what I want you to keep in the back of your mind is how many phrases can you pick out of here? Um, would you how do I phrase this? What do you think you could catch out of these clips that you would hear in today's media? And that's what I found really interesting about these. So uh, we'll start with the first one here. Dr. McIntosh in his office. Yes, he is, doctor. Come in. Hello, Dr. McIntosh. Hello, Brooks. Hi, Crosby. No, did you get your pet patient home? I'll say I did him with a home. What do you mean? Brooks was all worked up about a charity case in the maternity ward. He insisted on seeing her home. Who was it, Brooks? Well, that makes him case. The baby was born dead. Good thing, too. She already has a house full of idiots and cripples. It was a very pleasant experience. You wanted me to go with you. Don't you think they see enough misery right here in the hospital? Well, this was a special case. You see, I'm afraid they're pretty hard up. The oldest boys in jail and the only means of income they have is from a daughter that works in the laundry. And that can't be very much. Why don't you give them half of your salary? I wish I could. I'll do everything I can for them. In fact, I'll take up a collection for them right here in the hospital. How much can I put you down for, Crosby? Not a dime. I contribute enough of my time to these charity cases without sharing a few pennies I make. This family's all you say it is. There's a law in this state that should be invoked. Your law, I suppose? Absolutely. Sterilize them, my boy. Sterilize them. Well, that's what we got to do. Um, tell me, is that is is the dialogue too hard to make out? Not for me. Gotcha. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's old-timey shit. I mean, this is like the beginning of talkies. This is the beginning of of people actually being able to speak in film, so yeah, you can definitely hear the edits in the soundtrack, not the soundtrack, but in the uh, vocal track as they cut yeah. from shot to shot. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. So of course you got editing, which they were still getting used to doing, and then you've got the microphones at the time, which could only pick up a certain register really well, uh, and that's that's why they talk up here because this is how you'd have to be in order for the sound to get through the microphone in a way that could be understood by people. And so now we have microphones that are so good that we don't have to do that anymore for the most part, even though we still might want to. Um, Yeah. uh, I just think of, I just think the, (laughs) the guy, "Ah, I don't, I've given enough money to charity. I don't need to fucking do it. I'll make my own charity where we kill people. It's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's for your own good. But, Mrs. Mason, the Welfare Association is only trying to protect you. Well, we didn't want to talk about this until you were well again. But you really don't want any more children. 
Not if I can help it. We can't take care of the ones we got. Well, there you are. That's just what I'm telling you. Now, what we propose to do will prevent others from being born. I don't want to go back to that hospital. But the operation is very simple. Yeah, I'll bet it is. Well, there's nothing to it, really. Now, the state is only trying to befriend you. The state is only trying to befriend you. (laughs) They only want to be your pal, your buddy, your guy. Come on, let the state be your guy, man. You just want to help. Uh... (laughs) I just want to help. So this is, the doctor ends up sending uh, welfare agents to talk with the mother and the father, and then this is the exchange going on. Uh, Let me back that up just a scotch here. When Dr. Brooks reported your case, we gave you financial help at once. But now we find you need more than that. And you want Alice to go too? Why, of course. She has your blood in her veins. Maybe she won't want to go. (laughs) You leave that to me. I'll make her understand it's for her own good. Who's going to take care of the kids then? Yeah. I can't do it alone. Oh, no, that's all been attended to. You'll send the cripple boy to an orthopedic hospital. What, Bill? Yes. And the others will be placed in institutions where they'll receive the proper medical attention. But I don't want them. And that leaves me here to look out for myself. <laughs> no, my dear man. You're going to the hospital, too. What do you mean? And let them operate on me? Nothing doing. What kind of a sap do you think I am? Take it easy. (laughs) There's nothing to be alarmed about. Maybe not, but I got my rights and I won't give them up. Well, of course, the authorities would rather do it with your consent. But if you persist in refusing, you must understand that all financial help will be withdrawn at once. Oh, yeah? Well, that's different. Or maybe your insurance ends up charging you like 200 extra dollars a month. You know, yeah, or maybe you'll get fired from your job. Yeah, there's or, lots of ways to coerce people these days. Yeah, you know, they started with donuts. It's only escalated. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Uh, this next one, um, <laughs> my only note is, what is sterilization? Please, everybody, where's Ma? She didn't. Oh, and this was this is when uh, Alice comes back. And finds all of her uh, family gone, and the welfare folks still hanging, still hanging out. Please, everybody, where's Ma? She didn't get sick again. Are you Alice Mason? Why, yes. But where are Ma and the kids? Well, they're all safe. Well, there's nothing for you to worry about. Now sit down. I want to talk to you. I'm Mrs. White of the Welfare Association. You're 17, aren't you, Alice? Yes. But what have you done with my folks? Well, we're trying to help them, Alice, and you too. They were taken to the hospital this afternoon. Hospital? Wasn't well, none of them sick this morning. Ma isn't worse, is she? Where's Pa? He's gone to the hospital too, Alice. I don't see what for. You're sure you didn't put him in jail? Of course not. I said we were trying to help them. You better tell her so she'll understand. Well, we thought it necessary to present your family's case to the State Medical Commission. After an examination, they decided there was but one important action to take. To have your entire family sterilized. Why, what's that? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we investigated your family's history, Alice. And those of the past three generations have been feeble-minded. Congenital cripples or habitual drunkards. Instead of improving, each generation is more of a problem. Now, in this state... We have a law which provides for such people to have an operation so there won't be any more children. I see. 
Now, we place your brothers in institutions where they'll be properly cared for. You can go back to your job soon. I'll arrange to have it held open for you. But I'm keeping my job. I'm not going anywhere. Now, you're going to the hospital too, Alice. But there's nothing wrong with me. Perhaps not. You wouldn't want to marry this fine young man and be ashamed of the children you had. And you mean they're going to stop me from having children ever? Exactly. I'm all right, I tell you. I won't go to any hospital. Now, Alice, you must be reasonable. Now, we got a court order that besides your parents gave permission, you'll get a chance to tell your side of it in court. I won't go, I tell you. We don't want any trouble with you, young woman. If you refuse to go, the officer here will take you by force. Hmm. Now, I, I understand that this is a scripted movie from 90 years ago, but I am really curious of what these conversations actually sounded like at the time, because this is right in the, the heyday of it. Oh, it can't be too far off. I mean, this this movie came out one year before Hitler rose to power in mm-hmm. Germany, you know? It was a huge sentiment. I mean, it was a huge sentiment in America, too. There are a lot of people in America who sided with Hitler. There are a lot of people in England who sided with Hitler. There are a lot of people who sided with Hitler. And uh, and with this idea of, of cutting out the chaff. And I've said that already, but just I don't know I don't know any other way to put it. Killing people that they that they think aren't worthy of being alive. <laughs> and I guess the rubric isn't really that that much i mean it's not it doesn't take much for them to be like ah you should at least if you're not going they're not going to kill you they'll stop you from having children which yeah yeah. i mean that's the ultimate that's the only thing other than your life that's the second thing that they can take from you in your mind right those are the (laughs) those are the top three things they can take from you well, thankfully, the courts step in. What do you think the courts have to say about it? <laughs> oh, does she? Okay, so this is what's funny. I love this. Well, we're going to take you to court and give it to your says It's very innocent. Uh, as opposed to get the fuck in the cop car. Right. <laughs> Which is what the deal is now. You go to court and you don't say a fucking thing. If you don't have any money, you get a a uh, public uh, public attorney. And you still got to pay them, but, uh, you know, just be some kid scrambling around looking at your papers and giving you your time in front of the judge. Uh, or if you get a real lawyer and if you're rich, oh, that's a whole different story. I'm not familiar with the process then. Well, let's, uh, let's see what happens to young Alice and Jim in front of the judge. Are you interested in this case? Yes, Your Honor. I'm Dr. Brooks of the county hospital. This is Jim Baker, Miss Mason's fiance. What testimony have you to offer? In the case of Miss Mason, I can see no reason for the operation that's been recommended. The girl is perfectly normal. She's hardworking and has a good reputation. Do you know anything about her family background? Oh, yes, Your Honor, I do. There are several other children, aren't there? Yes. What is their condition? One is a cripple. Two others might be classed as feeble-minded. Isn't the oldest son in jail? Oh, yes, I believe so. And knowing all that, you still contend that this girl should be allowed to bring more people like that into the world? She's sound, Your Honor. She's not anything like the rest. Surely she should be given a chance to work out her own salvation. I can't agree with you, Doctor. Suppose she is normal. The chances are that her children will inherit the family taint. Isn't that possible? 
But, Your Honor, I... I'm sorry, Doctor. Three generations of unfit are enough. Petition not allowed. You mean you're going to operate on her anyhow? I see no reason to set aside the verdict. Oh, gee, Judge, don't do that. You see, we... We love each other. We're going to get married soon. All the more reason why I should deny the petition. Yes. Nothing to prevent you from marrying later. Sure, I'll marry her any time. But we want children like other folks. Oh, please, Judge, give us a break. You wouldn't send the man to hang unless he was proven guilty, would you? You've no way of proving our kids wouldn't be all right. You've heard the decision of the court. Next case. Oh, please, Your Honor, don't let him do this. No matter what happens, I can always take care of her. She's not like the rest of the family. She's a good girl, Judge. I'm sorry, Your Honor. Oh, man. no, wait, please. Please listen to me. Don't you understand what you're doing? Look at me. Can't you see that I'm well and strong? And I'll be a good mother too, Judge. Honest, I will. Can't you do something? You must abide by the decision of the court. I can waste no more time on your case. There are others waiting to be heard. Ain't there nothing I can say? I'm afraid not, young man. I'll do anything. Anything you say. I know what this means, so it's like tearing the heart out of her. Or oh, give her a chance. The case is closed. Court adjourned for 30 minutes. Now, there's the definite parallel of women fighting for abortion rights within the court system. And uh, I, I totally I totally understand. And, like, we, we already kind of touched on the Planned Parenthood. I'm not sure what... I'm not sure what role Planned Parenthood plays in this current age. Well, it's, it's rooted in this ideal. It's, it's rooted in, in this exact thing that they're talking about. And... And it's it's marketed as we're helping people, just like it's marketed now as we're helping people. These people, they have defects. They're gonna they're gonna suffer their whole life. Oh my God, they're gonna have such a miserable life. Why why condemn them to such a hell? Let's just sterilize them and and get rid of it. So that way they don't have to suffer. We don't have to suffer. It's, it's all for your own good. It's a mutual benefit to everybody. It's helping the world. It's for the greater good. It's it's for it's for your own good too. Because you know, blah blah blah. Okay, well, I'm going to kind of divert here for a second. Sorry, I should finish my other thought really quick. Um, I fully support body bodily autonomy, and that includes abortions. The part where I get kind of weirded out over is... It's forcing this, them. Well, I was... It's forcing them and celebrations of them. Glorifying them. Glorifying them, yes. Yeah. Because um, I've Which seen a, is the marketing, yeah. I've seen a couple of TikToks where it's like popping champagne bottles, and, you know, it's like a it's dance like, party. Yeah, well, I mean, if if it's a personal decision, I mean, I know I know plenty of men who've gotten vasectomies, and and they're perfectly happy with it. I mean, that's something they wanted to do. They had enough children, and then they went and they got it taken care of. I know women who have had abortions who didn't want to have their kids, and hey, that's a personal choice, and you live with it as as you do. But you know, to force people to do it obviously is where things go wrong, uh, for sure. But celebrate! You can celebrate fucking anything. I love it though. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of divert because surely a judge can't still be making decisions like that now, can he? Or can he? I would just say it's interesting. So, so Carl, as his attorney, you know, had you heard about a requirement like this ever before? I've been practicing law now 31 years. Never in my life have I heard anything like this. And when we received the judge's statement, 
that and I order you to be vaccinated within 60 days, you could have heard a pen drop in the courtroom. Every lawyer, the court reporter, everyone stopped and said, did I just hear that right? So it took everyone aback. Okay, so, and you mentioned the judge's statement, so let's read it to you, actually. Uh, It says that this defendant, let me see, hold on, I'm trying to look it up on my iPad and on the teleprompter at the same time. No worries, no worries, take Um, Let's see, this defendant was in possession of fentanyl, which is deadlier than the vaccine in COVID-19. Is that not true? Oh, it's a fentanyl-related compound, I'll explain that. Okay, what does that mean? Well, what happened in this particular case, I'm so glad that I said that because I've seen some of the comments, you guys are doing a phenomenal job giving this case traction. Fentanyl-related compound claims and says there was a mixture. And in this particular case, as, as Brandon was just on his way to pick someone up and we asked him to pull over to do this interview, see the police stopped him. He was in a car with three other individuals. Those three individuals took off running. Brandon did not run and they found fentanyl and everyone in the car was charged. So it's a constructive possession from our perspective. He has no record. So it wasn't in his pocket, wasn't on his person. It was in a vehicle where there were three or four other individuals. Okay, so really he was being charged for being with or associated with somebody who had fentanyl-related compounds. Correct. And if anyone, and again, I said I've been doing this 31 years, Brandon has no record and did not want to take a chance of going to the Ohio Department of Corrections where at the time up to eight years. So you say, listen, if I can get probation, get this expunged from my record, I'll plead to the reduced charge of possession, not trafficking, and move on with my life until we heard that crescendo. And in 60 days, you, you're to get vaccinated. Uh, spoiler alert, Brandon plans on fighting that. <laughs> he wants nothing Good. to do with that shot. Well, he should. He might as well. If he's already in the system and he's already got a lawyer, then fuck it. Might as well. Uh, yeah, that's... And it's miserable the, the the comparison of like well, even if he if even if he was doing fentanyl, which he wasn't, and Moe's talked about this. I think it was in the episode Pink Elephant where he talked about how um, the guy who killed George Floyd, the cop Chauvin yep. or Chauvin or whatever, the fact that he got charged with murder, but no one else, none of the other cops got charged. When that the whole idea is that it's a collective thing. If you if you are an accomplice in a crime, if you're part of a crime, then you get charged with the heaviest element of that crime. If you drive somebody to somewhere and then they murder someone and then you drive them somewhere else and you get caught, you're going to get charged with murder, even though you didn't actually murder anybody. And that's how the that's how the system works. And I think that's I, I gotta I gotta I might be really talking to my ass here, but I, I uh, wanna say is, that it has something to do with Biden Biden's ninety four plan probably is and the whole Clinton administration probably brought that fucking thing into play, along with three strikes and everything else. Right. Which just feeds people into this prison system and that's yeah. part of what we've been talking about is people within the court and prison system getting forcibly fucking snipped. Yeah. There's there's and there's a profit motive. I mean, when it comes to when it comes to things that are subsidized by the government, when you have a massive product like these vaccines, you got to think of marketing, but you also have to think of distribution. And when when it comes to any any product at all, you have to think about distribution. How do you get it in front of people? How do you get it on shelves? How do you get it wherever? And how do you get movies into theaters? And when it comes to the vaccine, the government provides that distribution. All governments provide that distribution by 
by buying the vaccine from the manufacturers and then subsidizing them uh, by by giving them a free, you know, to people. They pay for it and then they give it free. So the consumer itself goes, well, I'm just getting a free vaccine. You know, nobody's paying for it. But the fact is, is governments are paying for it out the fucking nose, which goes back to our boy that we talked about, Rothschild, earlier. And that's how they make their bucks is they don't, they don't contract with civvies. They don't contract with, with, the, with the plebs. They only contract with governments because governments are what give bloated, blown out, no competition bid contracts. Well, these, uh, these next two clips, um, these are some interesting, <laughs> this is for your own good, uh, sort of coercion, more... Um, uh, more coercion, I should say. Sorry, these are patients that were at the court. It's not our protagonist. It's uh, some sort of uh, extra characters, some side characters. But uh, here's the f- the first patients to come in. Recognize these fellows? Yes, I saw them in court yesterday. Think the judge have turned them loose? No, of course not. But why sterilize them? If they're dangerous, they should be locked up for the rest of their lives. You're hopeless. All right, nurse. And you really think this operation will help a case like that? In most cases, the mental condition is frequently improved. It's worth the experiment. Yes, that's just what it is, an experiment. <laughs> it's worth the experiment. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that before. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, it's worth the risk. Um, <laughs> it's for science, man. Yeah, that's the part that I like in that clip. We'll, uh, we'll move on to... Uh, to uh, the doctor, Doctor Brooks, doctor, uh, the doctor of Alice, um, who's kind of a, I mean, he's kind of like a good guy. He's, I wouldn't say he's anywhere near the caliber quality of person um, as such as that you would find on like the, I don't know, the disinfo dozen. But he dissents. He's not. He's not really. He's not about it for Alice. These other patients. These other sort of uh, low lives and scummy and scum, scums and um, degenerates and mentally challenged folks, uh, he doesn't. It doesn't really bother him as much. Um, and and uh, I called this one. You'll never be a father, but yeah. But look here, Doc. Suppose I should take a fancy to a dame. You know that might happen even with a guy like me. Oh yes, naturally. Well. Uh... Will this operation make any uh, difference to me? <laughs> Not the slightest. The only thing is, Spike, you'll never become a father. Okay, Doc. That's one thing I won't have to worry about. In fact, it's said that if this operation is performed on an elderly man, it will rejuvenate his glands so that he may be able to enjoy life to a ripe old age. Yeah? Boy. You'll be so protected. <laughs> mm. Well, they talk about that on No Agenda. Definitely. If you get a vasectomy, you look younger. You get your tubes tied for a lady, I think. I don't know. I don't know if it works the same way, but I've heard that for men. It's kind of kind of funky, weird deal. Um, Looking at the last two clips from this movie. It was nothing like a dame. You could say, well, say, I, say I fancy a dame. <laughs> The uh, the last one it's long it's uh, it's almost three minutes and it's the oh, Doctor Brooks son of a bitch having a conversation with the head of medicine 
Um, I'm not going to play it, but it is worth going back, circling oh, I back. You're gonna, I thought you are going to be like, check it out. No, 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 no. But it is worth checking it out because in the movie, there's this door that has a design on it that almost looks like a swastika. And I had to pause the movie and kind of find a section where they're, they're both not blocking the door. And it's only like, like a one turn. And it's, I should have taken a picture. Um, I'm sure it's out there, but it's, it's definitely by no means complete, but the idea was there. And I ended up going on to the IMDB and in the trivia section, they actually mentioned that that was intentional. So it's uh it's it's pretty interesting. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it here with Alice. Alice fucking figured it out. She understands who's really calling the shots here. Well, Doctor Brooks, must I go through with this? Can't you get him to wait till tomorrow? I'm afraid not. But they'd do it for you if you asked them. But the staff have their orders. If you could only get him to wait just one day. Jim says he knows somebody who might be able to help us. No one here has the authority to postpone it. Who gave them the authority to tell me that I can't bring life into the world? Only God has that right. Oh, Dr. Brooks, you told me that you had a little girl in your home. You must know how I feel. Yes, I do. Then won't you please try to do something? I just know you can. A man like you. You're the only one who could help me now. You've got to. You've got to. Good God, there must be a way. Please, God, show him, won't you? Show him how. Please. Please. Yep, she pretty much nailed it. Checkmate. The state is God. And all this religious like background of this thing is hypocritical. You think Jesus would want? <laughs> he went around healing. He went around hanging out with cripples and 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 doing his best to help them. The lepers and the lepers and the and the money changers and the sex workers and all of the the destitute and the poor. You know, if you if this if you're looking at this from the religious angle, right? You're looking at this from this. This this Protestantism that is really fundamentally at, at this in a way it's there's multiple things but that's one of the things that's this is rooted in and she got it man she, and it's it's not it's it's my choice and it's God's choice or it's nature's choice or whatever you want to call it and uh, yeah. well there was a, I forget where the quote is uh, it was in one of the articles uh, or one of the papers but part of the selling point was. Oh yeah, this is totally what Jesus would have wanted. Um, he would have been into it if uh, he was around in the time of eugenics. Which you know, it's just like what? Really? Is that what you think? Um. So that does it for tomorrow's children. Linked in the show notes. Go check it out. How are we doing on time? The manana. Uh. Yeah, we're we're about three hours ish. Uh, yep, about so. Um, do you still want to hear the Michael Crichton essay? It's going to be, I got one clip, The fir- it's three parts. First one's two and a half, second one's 148, last one's one minute. 
don't know. It's up to you. I mean, we're running long. Can we save it for next week, or, or is it topical? No, it's very, very much topical. I know um, it's topical, but is it going to be topical next week, too? If it's about eugenics, it'll be topical. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's your choice, man. If you want to go longer, yeah, sure. We'll, uh, we'll just bust the room and then, um, because, you know, it's, uh, he's talking about a different sort of what I would describe as pseudoscience, like eugenics is a pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. But this vaccination rollout is not very scientific in my humble opinion. And I know nothing. Yeah. And I don't even really drink that much anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a lie. But yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, it's not something that's based in a place of good faith because it's only for your own good. You should do what the state wants you to do to not only protect yourself, but to protect others. And if you don't protect others, then you are a danger to them. You're an outsider. You've become othered. Mm. Right. And we saw what happened when they othered people. It was horrible. Yeah, they they make them dependent on the state. They they act like if you're not part of the program, then yeah, you're the enemy. By people aren't capable of just fucking maintaining their own lives. They have to give everything away. Sorry. Anyway, continue. All right. Uh, here's the first part of uh, Michael Crichton's essay. The essay is entitled "Why Politicized Science Is Dangerous," and it reads in part quote. Imagine that there is a new scientific theory that warns of an impending crisis and points to a way out. The theory quickly draws support from leading scientists, politicians, and celebrities around the world. Research is funded by distinguished philanthropies and carried out at prestigious universities. The crisis is reported frequently in the media. The science is taught in college and high school classrooms. I don't mean global warming. I'm talking about another theory, which rose to prominence a century ago. Its supporters included Theodore Roosevelt, Woodrow Wilson, and Winston Churchill. It was approved by Supreme Court Justices Oliver Wendell Holmes and Louis Brandy, who ruled in its favor. The famous names who supported it included Alexander Graham Bell, inventor of the telephone, activist Margaret Sanger, botanist Luther Burbank, Leland Stanford, founder of Stanford University, the novelist H.G. Wells, the playwright George Bernard Shaw, and hundreds of others. Nobel Prize winners gave support. Research was backed by the Carnegie and Rockefeller Foundations. The Cold Springs Harbor Institute was built to carry out this research, but important work was also done at Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, and Johns Hopkins. I'm going to pause there for a second and just point out, he went through all the celebrities. What other sort of recent event can you uh, think of that had all the celebrity support across the board? Exactly. Unwaveringly, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, With the the biggest names of the day that we can all recognize now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, spit and you'll find one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they crawl out of the, the bush like you wouldn't believe. Holy fuck. All right. Going back to it. Legislation to address the crisis was passed in states from New York to California. These efforts had the support of the National Academy of Sciences, the American Medical Association, and the National Research Council. It was said that if Jesus were alive, he would have supported this effort. 
Uh, there we go. All in all, there the research, is. legislation, and molding of public opinion surrounding the theory went on for almost half a century. Those who opposed the theory were shouted down and called reactionary, blind to reality, or just plain ignorant. But in hindsight, what is surprising is that so few people objected. Today we know that this famous theory that gained so much support was actually pseudoscience. The crisis it claimed was non-existent, and the actions taken in the name of the theory were morally and criminally wrong. Ultimately, they led to the deaths of millions of people. The theory was eugenics, and its history was so dreadful, and to those who were caught up in it so embarrassing, that it is now rarely discussed. But it is a story that should be well known to every citizen, so that its horrors are not repeated. I hate to break it to Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton, rest your soul. Yeah, I really enjoy, uh, I've read, not everything, but I've read a couple of books. State of Fear is not on that list, unfortunately. Mm. Um, recommended. Yeah. Well, I've heard it recommended, too. Yeah, it's, it's a no agenda, must read. Right, it's on the NA book list. Yeah, uh, sorry, talking about Michael Crichton, but that the clip that we just listened to was James Corbett, and he was saying, what? Uh, well, he, he's saying that uh, it was a pseudoscience that was yeah, accepted right. across the board, and any detractors were shouted down. Yes. Um, because they, and that history doesn't fucking keep it in mind because it's embarrassing, and which is exactly what we've seen over and over again happen here. Like we brought the Mueller report earlier, a whole year, which is just embarrassing. It's a massive embarrassment on the part of the Democratic Party specifically. I'm not. I'm not partial to either one, but just to think that an entire year like that that's happened recently in our own minds, in our own experience, is just gone. And there's no embarrassment. There's no shame. There's no apology. There's no. Uh, detriment to their reputation they still think that they are like the holiest of holy and that the other guy's the bad guy after just pulling this massive massive embarrassment and that's what this is this is people were wrong most people were wrong i'm i'm sorry were you talking about weapons of mass destruction oh and there's that too (laughs) there's that too you know i just i can't keep them straight all the time they sort of blend together History rhymes, and people, they don't, you know, that's why people who are into history, they have some perspective on this. It's, it's obvious. Let's, uh, so. <laughs> let's, uh, continue on with the second clip. After World War II, nobody was a eugenicist, and nobody had ever been a eugenicist. Do you think, sorry, just based off of that little statement right there, Let's say hypothetically something does come out about the vaccinations, these current rounds. Maybe, um, maybe there's a couple of issues that come to light. People actually acknowledge and accept. Do you think there would be a turn tail, like uh, people shunning, like, "Oh no, I, 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 I never said that you should go get your shots now, or you're going to be the death of your grandmother." That's a good question. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if this is if this is going to be it. I don't know if there's going to be a recourse. Yeah. If there is going to be a moment, I'm afraid that we're going to just go forward and this is this is it. This is the future. Everyone's just brainwashed into thinking that this is actually the way. 
and uh, we have no choice. <laughs> I've never, I've never wanted this show to become dealers of opium or copium, but yeah, I don't want to be negative either. But yeah. I was going to say, like, we always got to put our own sort of special brand on stuff. Why don't we start dealing in disparium? Hey, hey, hey? disparium, disparium. It's, it's a downer. Once you've been doing all those uppers, you can do a little disparium and it'll level you out. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, there you go. Just one hit. You First hit's free. First hit's free. You need this product. Um, <laughs> You're going to be surrounded in chicks with Desperium. <laughs> oh, my God. Everywhere you go, it's going to taste like the best food ever, and you're going to have the best sex ever. It's going to be great. You're going to um, have a youthful, joyous glow on your skin. That's right. And no kids. <laughs> no kids. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's. it's I don't... Uh, I, I the I hope that my hope, Ian, is that it does move on and people just are like ten years from now they're like, Oh yeah, whatever people get over it. But there's it there's something else. I mean there's something let's say, since we're talking about eugenics, let's say let's play the advocate here and and assume that it is to kill people. Let's say that the vaccine thing is intended to just slaughter people in order to placate this need to for population control. Okay. Uh, if it happens, it happens, and then we'll go from there. If it doesn't happen, if it's just this mild way of, like, passively fucking up people's genetics or, you know, adding more shit, or maybe it is just purely profit, or I don't know, but it's just... Whew, if that is the case, then we're going to see it. We're going to see it within 10 years. And if there's going to be more and more and more and more, it gets more and more and more extreme, then maybe there will be a breaking point. I mean, there has to be a breaking point. Yeah. I'm not if, at the point where I want to subscribe to the six months to two years, everyone that took it's going to die. Uh, no, so and I not, hope that's not the case. I pray to God that's not the fucking case. But I, I do think that this is the perfect prime example. If we could get you to do it the first time, you're just going to keep doing it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Whether you need it or not, it's for your own good. And you already did it the one time, so I don't see what the big fucking deal is. Uh, I don't, my logic is just I'm not doing something to myself. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with not doing something. Oh, You're dude. not harming yourself by not, like, you know. I just listened to a fucking. Jumping off of a cliff or whatever, right? Uh, Defender podcast with Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. And he was interviewing an oh, yeah. 18-year-old boy who had not experienced COVID during the entire two years that it's been, took Moderna within 48 hours, was suffering from uh, myocarditis, Mm -hmm. and had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. There's reports like that happening all over. The CDC is reporting 50 people a day having adverse side effects. 50 people a day. That just means it's working because it's that for your it own good. It's for your own fucking good. Why don't you and, understand about that? And the stories, I really don't know if they're satire. It's hard to tell, but the stories are like, I am vaccinated and I got sick from my vaccinated coworker. God damn it. I wish people would just get vaccinated already. Oh, yeah. So that we would. I it's saw like, that. dude, what in the fuck? And then I, I posted my thing earlier. Uh, oh, I, I want to get jabbed all the time so I get more sick time. It's like, dude, you need a different job. 
You need to go get a different job. If you hate your job that much, you're so desperate to get some time off that you're going to shoot yourself up with whatever the fuck this is all the time. Anything. Yeah. Shooting yourself up with anything. What What do you... People don't shoot themselves up with stuff all the time. It's not... Unless you're like, you know, a bodybuilder, I guess. but Or, or a junkie or, or, or a soldier. Insulin. Or a, a diabetic. Or, or you have a you know a, a condition of some kind. Of course, then you know you get insulin and you yeah, that's that's good. But to just arbitrarily put in the shit into people all the time, it's not going to it's not going to be good. To get out of work, fuck it, and man. <laughs> the, the best case scenario I can see is everyone going you, what they always say, which is, well, we didn't know. How are we supposed to know, Booberry? Booberry, how are we supposed to know that what we were doing was dumb? Nobody was there, you know, it wasn't like well, you and me were sitting there telling them, showing them all the evidence and talking about it well, on a global Well, it doesn't matter feed. because COVID will consume all. It, it, our arguments are all null dead. and void. We're all dead. Yeah. Well. Meanwhile, people are, shit, <laughs> shit. people are dying in my life, and I'll tell you, they're not dying from COVID. Dying from every other thing. I get people dying from car crashes and uh, drug overdoses and all kinds of shit, but no COVID, and, and yet nobody. You know, it's just it's crazy. It's nuts how the world keeps turning. People, just because you shut yourself in your living room and you fucking wear a diaper over your face, doesn't mean that life is going to stop for you. You can go anytime, and, and, all, not- and the time that you spend sitting around farting, being afraid of something that. It is real, but is not as much of a risk as is being sold to you. You're killing yourself, and it's not going to stop when your life is not going to stop when the state comes to your door or comes to your television set into your dwelling and tells you you have to shut everything down and put this over your face for your own good. Yeah, life still goes on. You can't force people. I, I, this is America, I wanted, you dumb son of a bitch. I want to okay? do a. Uh, I want to do a breakdown at some point of that. Um, that fucking comedians shot it in a, a year by himself in a, like a two bedroom house and didn't leave for the entire fucking lockdown. Bo Burnham inside. Oh yeah, I saw. Yeah, I was looking at that a little earlier. Yeah, that that just looks like that man is just depressed and made like a, a performance art piece about him being depressed and in his house. But he also was experiencing the like the actual fear of being out. Like he refused to go out for that reason because of COVID. Mm. So it really just like it's hard to d- distinguish like what's the normal every I shouldn't say normal everyday depression, but his Normal, God. His old normal depression and his new normal depression. <laughs> and his and his fear of COVID. I, was, I really respected that guy. And I didn't take him for a guy who would just be like totally obsessed, obsessive about, um, about... There's certain people that are really obsessive about it. Yeah. That are like insane. Like I know some people that are just... They don't, you know... It's... There's no there's no reason to be like that for anything. And if it's really that bad, and I'm going to say this from the start, if it's so bad that we all have to do this, then we're going to die anyway. 
Because we're not smart enough and we're not consistent enough as people to actually have proper masks and protection. And we all touch each other and we all do the same. There's no stopping it. This is a control freak thing. You yeah. can't stop all this. If the disease is this bad, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> we're all going to die. Well, I you know. Yeah. And uh, I kind of, I kind of Fact check false. It's been two years almost, and we've got a lot of data. And that's that's the saddest part. Oh, that was my point. The media would never tell you. If there's people never tell you. dropping dead in the streets, just one after the other, why would they, they have to rush home to their own families, you know? Well, they'd, be, they'd be showing it a lot more, like actual footage. I, but, I don't know. I think they'd be like, oh, let them figure it out on their own, <laughs> you know. Maybe that's the, maybe that's my despairium, like <laughs> coming to a head. <laughs> let's uh, let's get back to these last two clips so we can wrap up here in about ten. Um, I just started over. After World War II, nobody was a eugenicist, and nobody had ever been a eugenicist. Biographers of the celebrated and the powerful did not dwell on the attractions of this philosophy to their subjects and sometimes did not mention it at all. Eugenics ceased to be a subject for college classrooms, although some argue that its ideas continued to have currency in disguised form. But in retrospect, three points stand out. First, despite the construction of Cold Springs Harbor Laboratory, despite the efforts of universities and the pleadings of lawyers, there was no scientific basis for eugenics. In fact, nobody at that time knew what a gene really was. The movement was able to proceed because it employed vague terms never rigorously defined. Feeble-mindedness could mean anything from poverty to illiteracy to epilepsy. Similarly, there was no clear definition of degenerate or unfit. Second, the eugenics movement was really a social program masquerading as a scientific one. What drove it was concern about immigration and racism and undesirable people moving into one's neighborhood or country. Once again, vague terminology helped conceal what was really going on. Third, and most distressing, the scientific establishment in both the United States and Germany did not mount any sustained protest. Quite the contrary. In Germany, scientists quickly fell into line with the program. Modern German researchers have gone back to review Nazi documents from the 1930s. They expected to find directives telling scientists what research should be done, but none were necessary. In the words of Ute Dijkman, scientists, including those who were not members of the Nazi party, helped to get funding for their work through their modified behavior and direct cooperation with the state. Rhetorical question, but what's the definition of herd immunity these days? Uh, Ever-changing. Mm-hmm. I think I ring the bell twice for the well, same and, thing, but and the definition for for vaccine has changed. The, the definition we, for being sick. <laughs> the definition for being sick has changed. Uh, the definition for what? I mean, it's, it's it never ends. Immunity. The definition of immunity. Yeah, and herd immunity, and the idea that just natural immunity, the thing that we've used since time immemorial, since we were fucking worms in the ground is uh, inferior to this weird science experiment that we've developed in the, in the last 50 years, 30 years, probably 20 years, maybe who fucking well, knows? MRNA 20. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just this, the, the whole field of science of, of genetic manipulation, gene therapy, and then MRNA specific, it can't be older than a couple decades. 
and people are, are just convinced if they've completely been sold on the idea that this thing, this weird thing that we've come up with is somehow better than the thing that we've had all along. Um, and that the thing that, not only that, but more importantly, the thing that we've had all along is actually completely irrelevant in the face of this new technology. This new technology is so dynamic and so important and so pivotal and so necessary that it actually just blows away evolution. Evolution is no longer part of uh, of the picture. And because we're talking about science here. Don't forget, if you don't take it, then you're going to have to go to jail. So, for your oh, own yeah. good. For your own yeah. good. It's and all for your own good. Earlier I said that the eugenics population control are different, although now through all of this, this educational material, I've come to find that there's, I mean, there's a massive overlap, but it's all about class warfare, too. Those are the two things that they have in common. It's, everything's kind of buried in class warfare. Mm-hmm. Rich people think that they know what's best, and they have the money to try and do it. And a lot of the time they have very bad ideas. Yep, I agree. Um, uh, yeah. Well, let's. Uh, here's my last one for for uh, Michael Crichton. Now we are engaged in a great new theory that once again has drawn the support of politicians, scientists, and celebrities around the world. What do you think it's going to be? <laughs> uh, is this a recent uh, clip? Uh, it's oh uh, no! Wait, this is so. He's quoting Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. So when is when did Michael Crichton write this? Uh, you know, funny enough, I actually went and found that article that he wrote. Because uh, Michael Crichton has been dead for years, so this must be an old. Yeah, uh, I thought I had it. I added all the West Virginia links, and I lost it. <laughs> so let's assume it was like written in like the eighties or nineties. Uh, when he's like a, really it's, famous, it's an excerpt from uh, State of Fear. Oh, that's right, it's from State of Fear. It's from a book. Okay, so you're okay. It's from State of Fear. Sorry, I'm I'm keeping up with you here. State of Fear. So just look up State of Fear. What was State of Fear? Right? Two thousand and four. Two thousand four. Okay. Oh four. What was he writing about in 04? Oh, 9-11? <laughs> Close, but. Uh, I would I would call what he's about to I I hope I I hope I can remember this correctly, but it's sort of the other shoe that is trying to be shooed in with COVID nineteen. Once again, the theory is promoted by major foundations. Once again, the research is carried out at prestigious universities. Once again, legislation is passed and social programs are urged in its name. Once again, critics are few and harshly dealt with. Once again, the measures being urged have little basis in fact or science. Once again, groups with other agendas are hiding behind a movement that appears high-minded. Once again, claims of moral superiority are used to justify extreme actions. Once again, the fact that some people are hurt is shrugged off because an abstract cause is said to be greater than any human consequences. Once again, vague terms like sustainability and generational justice, terms that have no agreed definition, are employed in the service of a new crisis. I'm not arguing that global warming is the same as eugenics, but the similarities are not superficial. End quote. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And then he was like, Dino DNA. And then, yeah. And then uh, there were none. And then there were none. 
Well, and then he made Sex Robots. He was great. He was really a fantastic dynamic author. I, I, I should read more of his actual material. Just going off of how much I love everything that has been based off of his work. Yeah, and Sphere. I've read Sphere before. That was pretty good. Sphere. Um, yeah, yeah that, uh, that wraps me for uh, this sort of weird, uh, haphazard dive into American eugenics. Yes, and I would like to say on behalf of Behind the Schemes that you are perfect just the way you are. Oh, hit me up with that, uh, getting my pantsium. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Going uh, camping. Oh, we got another uh, scream out? Yeah, you're you're in my pants reading my mind. That's, yeah, that good. Yes. Oh, no, my nipples. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Um I think Some cold uh, nipples. I think we should re examine this one. Oh no, my nipples. Ah! Yep, that's uh nothing uh, to uh, misinterpret there. <laughs> it came through loud and clear, caller. Thank you, caller. Oh, oh shit. That's very good stuff. I I gotta get that. I gotta get that script. Uh, we gotta start working on that. Uh yeah. We I got some. I got some. Uh, well, we we can talk about it at a later time. This is this is not show material. This is backstage yep, this is me material. talking out loud. So <laughs> anyway, we we move forward. Yeah. Do you got anything else you want to add? Uh no, just uh, that this is a value value system and and. Thank you, everybody. We hope that you get value out of our show. If you get any value out of our show, then return that value by sending us clips or emails or calls or screams or or art, love art, uh, anything at all. And uh, we will publish it, and, and it will be embedded in the Internet forever in the great capstone, the great time stone that is the Internet. How about this? If you value our products, we value your correspondence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's as easy as that. Reach out. Let us know you're enjoying it. Uh, I won't ever pimp the give us ratings and leave a like. and Leave us a Yelp review. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Give us a star on the whatever thing. I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is America, just, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Just. <laughs> just, 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 okay. And if you want to come in the chat too, that's that's really where it's at. Is the chat? I mean, this is true. On. With gal, hey with gal. gal, we're drawing tarot cards. Everybody's cursing each other in the chat. I uh, I typed uh, exclamation point date, and, and it came back. Gal came back. She's like, I don't recognize that. And I was like, Oh, shut down. Oh, rejected. <laughs> Rejected. Uh, Even in the future, nothing works. The the robot ladies don't want none. Fuck it. Well, we're going to be back here wanting it once again next Monday night. 730, 930, 1030. Badradio.live. Badradio.live. BehindTheSchemes.com Schemes have threes for ease. And I'll, I swear I'll figure out that love is lit. I swear. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. 
we've got plenty of cool links to check out. Uh, and that's where you can find all the good stuff, people. This is true. Until that time happens, though, I'll be running around, maybe not with syringes of vaccinations, but syringes of Desperium. I've been Booberry Mothman of the Miniocalypse. And from the bereft coast where we are racking fat lines of opium. And uh, there are a lot of needles that are running. But you, if you walk around, there's plenty of needles. So, But I'm not into that stuff because my name is Lavish. Catch you guys next time. Spaghetti. This show is behind the shem shemas schemes. Behind the schemes with threes as ease. I always think I know what behind the schemes is about, and then I listen to it and I realize that I'm completely wrong, and they're always talking about something else that's more interesting than what I presume they're talking about. Behind the schemes with Booberry and Lavish. Loveislit.com. Yes, loveislit.com. Or loveislit.com. <laughs> loveislit.com. Go there, check it out, listen. This is one of those schemes I've seen. This is all Mickey Mouse shit, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Love is lit. Boobery wants some action. The person that I would recommend is to listen to Lavish on the Behind the Schemes podcast. I never expected this from that podcast, but I learned something listening to it. <laughs> I'm still butthurt about Behind the Schemes. It was bad radio. Behind the scenes, you're calling yourself. Oh, yeah! Hey, man, if you don't get behind the schemes, the schemes will get behind you. This is Behind the Schemes, the esoterica of your dreams. <laughs>